Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 289. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor is also here. One last time, for now, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, by the sounds of it, you may get told at the hospital that your elbow's worse than it was when you first went, and you might not have to go back to work for a while again still, but we'll see. <laughs> We'll see, yeah. <laughs> Should go to plan, then um, uh, I will be at work this time next week instead of doing this. Yes. Oof. So, uh, everyone can rest easy. The, the, the reign of terror is over. Yeah, get a break again. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, it's a DC Comics podcast. We get together, we've read this week's DC Comics, and we talk about them. It's really that simple. Coming up on this week's show, we have... Detective Comics 1049, Nightwing issue 88, Superman Son of Kal-El issue 7, Wonder Woman 783, Catwoman 39, Batman the Night issue 1, and Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow issue 7. That's the books that are going to be discussed on today's show. Uh, but it's also a solicit's week. We have April solicits to talk about, so we'll be getting right into that in the near future. And there's a couple of relatively meaty things in there to talk about. Things that were sort of news on their own before the solicits came out. So. There's, there's at least one that I have opinions on. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Although, we already talked about Flashpoint Beyond last week, right? Yeah, yes. not that. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just double check. I'm just double checking that's not new this week. I th- yeah, I was like, I'm sure we talked about that last week. Yeah, we did. That was a thing. Okay, good to know, good to know. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, welcome to the show, 289. How is everyone? And by everyone, I mean Matt. I, I'm sorry, I went to play football this morning. So, um, yeah. Uh, maybe sitting for a couple hours isn't the best idea right now. <laughs> I might not be able to get up when I'm done. So Who needs to get up? Uh, I, I do, because I don't want my muscles getting all... I don't want to become you, Connor. You know? You trying to say? Uh, is that it? That's fine. It's a t-shirt. I don't want to become you, Connor. Yeah. Or still live by. I, I do have... By any chance, have you guys watched any Peacemaker yet? I have no. not, no. They snuck... I, I didn't think it was coming out until February. It snuck up on me. Yeah, I didn't realize they released a whole bunch of episodes already, too. Yeah, three. Um, about three of the first... Week. Well, there's four up now. Well, there's four now, um, because it's been a week, yeah. but it was... Yeah, three day one. Yeah, so... Uh, I watched the first two, and goddamn if that... Um, that theme song... Doesn't get stuck in your head. Um, is that a famous song, or did they make a? No, so it's it's a it's a hair metal song, but it's from a Norwegian <laughs> band from like 2014. So it sounds like it's from the 80s. Um, I must listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I must listen to it right now. The, the band's called Wigwam. <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Do You Want a Taste? And it's just yeah, it gets it's in my head and I can't get it out. So you know. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's. Uh, that it's... T- I'm sure, sir, Terry, was that, was that a thing where I found out the day it was out that it came out with three episodes and I had, like, a pilot to review and I think it was also the day of the, uh, the Expanse finale. So I was like, I have no time to squeeze an extra episode of TV today, so... Yeah, yeah, was... we watched two because we're trying not to go through it all. Um, and, and yeah, it's good through two, so... Um, oh, that's good. It's typical James Gunn. Um, you know, it's very... You know, he's very leaning into the R rating or no rating of of HBO Max. Um, so, uh, but he has a way with music. He just knows. 
No, no, I mean, I'm sure I'll watch it at some point, because I, I, I suspect it as fun. Just be, I mean, not really even because it's got anything to do with DC, just because it's James Gunn being James yeah. Gunn more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Superman and Lois is back. Episode 2 was a bit better than Episode 1, but I st- there's still mm-hmm. some plot lines that are a bit iffy. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I am six episodes through the first season. So... That season's um, pretty great. Yeah, so so far so good. There's there's some, you know, wonky stuff. Uh, but Clark as a dad, really, really good. And mm. that might be the... the uh, Tyler... Uh, how do you say his last name? Hoechlin? Uh He's really good as Clark. As, you know, the football coach version. Really enjoying that. The, the the two kids dynamic is weird though. Still not quite used to it. You know, because there's a John, like that's all normal. But then there's another one, and it just throws me off. But hard, hard. Matt, has it clicked yet? Who who Jordan's hmm? named after? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, okay. we talked about that. Uh, all right. A while ago, I thought, yeah. So, that, that was like that's one of those things where I, we should have figured it out. But there was that moment where yeah. it dawned on us that he's named after Jarrell. It was like, yeah. <gasps> of course. Yeah, of course. Because then the joke was is that Sam Lane has two grandsons and neither one are named after him. <laughs> right, right. Well, maybe yeah. he shouldn't have been such a dick. Yeah. Although I, I really like this version of Sam Lane. Yeah. Ah, you see, Sam Lane is... So, so far, he's more, you know, neutral than anything, you know, through six episodes. <clears throat> I'd, um, I'd say overall, he's one of the most um, positive takes on yeah. Sam Lane I've ever seen. But it's yeah. still not in a way mm-hmm. that betrays the character. Yeah, the right. roots of the character are still there, but they're definitely going for something where he is sort of coming round as time goes on, and mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so on. Uh, yeah. Don't worry, there's more, more, more of the Lane family coming in season two. Oh boy! So I have heard. I, she's not shown up yet, but the the sort of the plot thread that's going to lead to her was opened up in episode two, and it's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this was put out pretty publicly, right? It wasn't like it's not like a spoiler to say that. No, they're no, showing no. Up. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I mean it was there was news that, that the actress who played Lucy Lane is coming back. Uh, she was Lucy Lane in Supergirl season one, and so so that means that'll be like the only tie to Supergirl because you guys are right. There's there's oh yeah references to Metropolis, but it's almost as if Supergirl doesn't even exist. That's, that's weird. I know that yeah they get out of their way not to do it, and it's it's almost like if you want to just be in your own universe, that's fine. But yeah. but then they have like Diggle randomly showing up in an episode, and so that means John Cryer is effectively Lex. I mean, yeah, like until yes. they say otherwise, right? So, but I mean, their Morgan Edge is already a different dude from what was in Supergirl, but at least we have Crisis to kind of explain. There's like Crisis happened, right. so everything's different. It's fine. Just go with it. And Rucker Hauer was Morgan Edge on Smallville, right? Oh, I don't remember that. Rucker uh, Hauer was on Smallville? I think so. <laughs> when was that? Uh, I think season two. Maybe I, it wasn't Rucker Hauer, sure, but it's For such like a that. trash show, they definitely had some good guest stars in that yeah? show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. It's because they had the Superman name enough that was like, ah, it had a b- enough pull to get guest stars, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, another Rocky Horror yeah. was unatta- unobtainable at the time, but, like, you know, they had a pretty good array of guest stars on that show. Season two and three, he was he was Morgan Edge. And then they replaced him, probably because he was like, I ain't, I ain't doing this. Give me more money. <laughs> and they were like, no. He got yeah. offered Batman Begins and went, okay, enough of this, like, C- yeah. CW shit. <laughs> yeah, so so he got replaced after a plastic surgery. 
So here's season three. I have vague but, memories of yeah. this. Plastic such. Oh, right. Smallville. The cover, was. like he wanted to, you know, so, so people didn't recognize him. Smallville. It was so so opera. Like there's a season where Lex convinces Lana she's pregnant so that she'll stick around, and it's just, it's like using the superhero and sci-fi stuff to just like up the soap opera of everything. It's it's mm-hmm. unashamedly terrible. You should uh, do a public service and, and rewatch all of it. Right now. It's what the people deserve. I'm sure people would enjoy it. I mean, people seem to enjoy it when we reviewed season one, and then we <laughs> we jettisoned out of that idea. Well, that was because we were doing it along with the other season yeah. shows, and then once we stopped doing those, it was like, well, this is a lot now. This, this is a weird thing to keep doing. Although I suspect people would probably enjoy us ripping the piss out of every episode, but... I mean, uh, I'm not opposed to that. I, I I enjoy ripping the piss out of... I mean, I'm not doing season things. one again. Like, if we ever Honestly, go back... God, no. If we ever go back to it, we're starting at season two. Oh, <laughs> like, civilised individuals. <laughs> That's not... Yeah. I think we were part way into season two, weren't we? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. we definitely did... It, it says something, though, that ripping the piss out of that in Gotham was far more entertaining than actually watching new episodes of The Flash or Arrow or whatever else was on at the time. I feel like we could probably rip the piss out of The Flash these days as well. Uh, I, that's line. It, it, yeah, even the most ardent defenders of that from a few years ago are like saying it's terrible now. So I don't even... like I, I can't even imagine like the, the train wreck it is at this point. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, so, I don't know. Oh, no. Uh, all right. Well, we do have solicits, but before we get solicits, of course, there's always time for everyone's favorite segment on Comics <laughs> The segment, of course, is the Comic Soldier Top Ten. At the time of recording, um, as much as Connor would like to try and sabotage the introduction of the whole thing, maybe, maybe if you get annoyed enough, you'll just skip it one day. Uh, never. Let's let the try. Never. Uh, no, okay, you can guess for number one then. Come on. Let's, let's, let's have some guys. It's not X-Men. It's not Spider-Man. X-Men related. It's not X-Men related. Spider-Man. It's not Spider-Man. Is it yeah. Batman? It's not Batman. Star Wars. It's not Star Wars. Fuck. Is it Nightwing? It's Nightwing! It sure is. Yeah. It's the number one comic right now. Yes, good news all around. Uh, so happy to see that. We, no- we just didn't guess it, not because it's bad, but just because... <laughs> We're not used to that. It, it, yeah. it tends to sell well, but not usually, you know, top. Number two is Spider-Man. Oh, sorry, Amazing Spider-Man, issue 86. Uh, number 13 is Star Wars The High Republic. Uh, I said number 13 there, didn't I? Because it's issue 13. Yeah. Uh, that's number three. Uh, number four, we're back to DC, and we're back to Tom Taylor, who apparently sells books because Superman, Son okay. of kal issue seven. As a number four That's bit. all those morons buying copies just to burn. <laughs> I uh, saw that. That was funny. Are people not goes, happy? Yeah, please. Yeah. Someone messaged him saying, or, or, or it was a comment or something, oh, you know, I, I read the issue and it was so terrible, so I went back to the store, bought all the issues so I could burn them. A sale's a sale. And he was like, <laughs> that's what he said. for the royalties. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> and then he did the thing he always does when people make comments like this. He's like, I'm donating to a whatever the charity was specifically for this time, you know, in, in your yeah. name. Yeah, no, no. Very funny. That's, that's good. But that's hey, good. maybe, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's number four. Number five is Eternals, issue nine. Uh, good book. Is it? It's a Gillen book. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> well, let's face it. It had a movie and it has a big comic creator on it. That's why it's selling yeah. that well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. to be fair, it's Gillen with um with a sad rubric. It's 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 a good book. Uh, number six is Detective Comics 1049. Not too far away from uh, I think it was mm-hmm. five the last two weeks. So you know, in the same range. Yeah, it's got two Tom Tom Taylor books to compete with this that's week. That's true. That's true. Uh, number seven is what was this? X Lives of Wolverine. That sounds like they've not finished the title yet and they've put an X in. T- oh, do you want to know my, <laughs> my a favorite placeholder. thing about this book? <laughs> I'm I'm looking it up. I've got two. Well, two things about this book, just for context. One, retailers are pissed because they dropped this on Marvel Unlimited early. Not just day and date, instead of three months or three, oh, early. which is worse than oh. the three months behind. They dropped it early, like before it was out in stores. Um, two, there's a Mar- like, so Marvel have been doing like Marvel Unlimited comics. I don't know what they're, they're called, Infinite Comics, maybe? Some, yeah, some of that, yeah. Yeah. There's one that ties into this, which is apparently borderline essential to the story because it actually explains stuff instead of just being vague. Ooh. It's actually like, no, this is what actually happened is in the Infinite comic. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't think retailers are thrilled that they're making one yeah, available early on there and two, oh. making things essential to Mar- the stories on there because you know it's, they're seeing it as poaching their audience. Marvel yeah. inching towards that uh, day and day, you know, streaming service style of future. Uh I mean, they're already down to three months with with yeah. Unlimited, which is why I, I don't read any Marvel books day and day. Uh, oh, honestly, know, I, I read everything on there now. If I was to make a guess, I would say, like, Unlimited is will stay the same, but there might be, like, a gold tier, which is, like, you know, $25 a month, which mm-hmm. gets you day and day. That's that's the future which, I kind of see happening. That, that's about what I pay for physical comics as it is. Mm-hmm. So if you're paying 25 a month and getting day and day Marvel books... Oh, yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah, like, hands down. Know, if it was 25 Marvel and 25 DC, 50 a month for all Marvel and DC day and date would be a steal still. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that covers probably like 80% of a lot of people's reading. Yeah, yeah. That is just indie books and stuff you have to, you know, go out your way to get individually. Um, but yeah, so that's X, X Lives of Wolverine, issue one at number seven. Number eight is Avengers issue 52. Hey, 52. Uh, you're not all use that number. That's DC's number. You have to yeah, skip 52. Skip you have to go 51.5. <laughs> yeah, 51 to 53. Those are the rules. And then uh, next up is She Hulk issue one. That's a new miniseries. Uh, is that. I don't know who that's by. Yeah, I don't know who that's by. I'll, I'll click on it. I'll tell you who it is. Uh, is it Ewing? No, it's not. It's Rainbow Rowell. Ra- and Rose Antonio on our yeah, I almost I almost picked this up, but then I was like, oh, that's another book and I'm trying to get my physicals down, you know. Yeah. I'm completely unfamiliar with those names. Yeah. Well no, but, uh, Antonio I've heard. I've heard of the artist. I've heard of the writer though. Va- I mean vaguely, I couldn't place what I've seen their work on. Yeah. But um hey, it'll be on Unlimited three months. I'll probably check it out then because <laughs> yeah. oh, well, sure. I mean it's just it's got that slick Jen Bartel cover. Uh, I did see the Jim yeah. Bartel cover. Yeah, that's why um, I wanted to do that. Uh, and then number 10 is Hulk issue 3. This is the new Donny Cates yeah. Hulk book. So, uh, was like an homage to, what was it, Hulkman 81? First appearance of Wolverine. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a Wolverine looking. I don't know if it actually is Wolverine, but he's Wolverine. No, looking. yeah, but, yeah. It, but very much his first appearance gear. Yeah. 
Uh, I just look a little bit further down the list to see some of the old DC books. Uh, number 14 is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Wonder Woman's a couple okay. of spots below that. Batman the Night is right below that. Um, Where's Catwoman giving that a new run? Uh, Catwoman is number 22. Mm. To be fair, it wasn't like it was a, a hot seller already, so I don't know if that's no. actually dropped much or even potentially gained mm. a little bit in terms of its numbers. Um... I'm trying to think back and remember where it was popping up when we looked before. It, I kind of remember. It was tended to be, I think, at the bottom of the first page, sometimes onto the second page, depending yeah. on what in that else case was out that week. In that case, it's basically in the ballpark, maybe slightly up, but ballpark the same. Yeah, I think it's pretty similar to where it was. So, yeah, and blue and gold rain next to it as well, just in case anyone was fussed. <laughs> I'll, I'll read that when it uh, gets released in trade. I yeah. Think. yeah. Uh, quick, quick question for Connor, real quick. No? Not related to DC Comics. Mm. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead cast in Ahsoka. Yes. You, you have any thoughts on... Uh, a lot of speculation as to who she's playing. There's two yeah. names that are being thrown around. Um, I'm okay with either of those. Also, mm -hmm. she could just be playing someone original. Some, and Someone new, right? Yeah, yeah, it's very possible. Uh, yeah. I, I get the the urge to cast her as someone specific, mm -hmm. at least from a, from a fan perspective we're familiar with because this is a show about someone we're already familiar with right, it's not right. like a fresh show it's not like oh right. here's a whole bunch of new characters where if, they could be anyone. right it feels like it's supposed to be a sequel to rebels you know yes um so and i've seen the, the two major speculative guesses going around and that is all they are there is mm -hmm. no substance to either of these are she is playing leia mm -hmm. um which is possible or she's playing hera which yeah yeah it's possible Honestly, I don't care. I'll have Mary Elizabeth Winstead in anything. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it just said Mary Elizabeth Winstead cast, and I was like, yes. And then I saw Ahsoka, and I went, double yes. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter what she's in. It improves it by her being in it. I'm just saying, if, if she's playing Hera, we're getting a lot of, you know, semi-well-known actors playing Twi'leks. So why not, why not go the full makeup? That'd be cool. Hmm. When Matt said uh, soaker, it said like soaker, like super soaker, and I was yeah, just imagining in my head just a TV show about people firing water at each other with water guns. Because I'm not interested in anything you're actually talking about, so I'm making up my own headcanon, and it's way that's, more entertaining. That's right, that's right. Uh, Alright, there you go. We're going to solicits. So we have April 2022 solicits for DC Comics. Uh, pretty interesting month for a few reasons, so we'll work through just the order on here in the article. This is the Newsarama Solicits article, uh, which annoyingly doesn't say Solicits in the title anymore. It just says April 2022 DC Comics Revealed, which is yeah. annoying because for searchability's sake, that's not very helpful, but... It, it's not. I will say when you Google it, it'll still come up mm. because it has solicitations and in... solicits near the... I assume in, in metadata tags, and also it has sure. it in the text at the top of the page. Sure. Anyway. But I'm talking about, I'm going to look and I'm glancing at the page. Yes. You know, the word solicit sticks out to me. It, it, yeah, it, it's a little bit more effort right now. But if, you, if you know, in two months' time where you want to refer back to these solicits, you'll be able to find them by searching them. So. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, get into this then. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily start with the headlining stuff per se. It actually starts with uh, all the issues from the Shadow War crossover. So, Batman issue 122, Deathstroke Inc. issue 8... Uh, Robin issue 13, uh, makeup 
the the remainder of that crossover is that is that all of it i think maybe or is there uh, one more true. part left Batman, I it doesn't say that it's the ending of it. So. Yeah, maybe there's one more part of it then. Because um, I can't remember what the list of the books were. I think it's got an Omega issue, maybe. I think it had an yeah. Alpha, and, and it had, has yeah, an Omega. So, so maybe the Omega issue still be solicited for me. And that'll, I think so, yeah. That'll wrap it up. Uh, that would make some sense. Um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, obviously this is something, you know, we're all at least reading two of these books, if not mm-hmm. all three, so... Uh, yeah, we'll see how it is, and from there without much to add uh next up though we have batman beyond neil year issue one this is a new six issue miniseries by colin kelly and jackson lansing writing with art by max dunbar uh we knew this was coming at some point they did the uh the story in urban legends and at the end of it it announced this title would be coming at some point this year so it was just a matter of when uh and, and i guess what specifically the story is but be honest, I I have no attachment to Batman Beyond enough to you know ever read it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I'm I like it well enough, but I, yeah, I'm not necessarily wanting more and more comics of it. Like I'm I'm good. Yeah, um, it's nice covers though. I'll give it that. Sure, sure. Uh, Batman Killing Time issue two. Tom King, David Marquez. So this is the miniseries that's starting uh, the mm-hmm. month prior. So not much we can say about it yet. Uh, very nice cover though there. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even the Stellar cover that's there is also quite nice. And oh, the Riddler cover's not bad. It just, it's, I mean, I'm not surprised, but <laughs> that this has some nice covers. But mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. Uh, so here's some good news actually. Next up on here, uh, so Detective Comics 1059. So this is post the weekly, uh, mm-hmm. you know, period, right? Post the the event series. Uh, and Tamaki is still on the book, which I am surprised by. Right. Only as a problem. co-writer though. So I, and it says. Um... Nadia Shamas is a, a guest, no guest co-writer. Yeah. Oh, okay. It says it in the solicit text. So I'm not sure if that means okay, this is uh, Tamaki just maybe needs a bit of time because of you know doing the weekly twelve issues was a bit of a burnout, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Let's here's here's some plot. Can you go and script a couple of issues for me for this arc while I get back ahead, or if it's more of a going to be a transition of to someone else. Um, it, yeah, it could be that. I, I, I mean, since it doesn't list any other writers, like, I assume one of them is doing the backup. I would assume so. Uh, uh, no, backup well, no, run by Cedar Grace. Is doing the backup. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, maybe it's just a case of, like, g- giving her some help, or maybe it's a transitionary period. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, we are getting Gotham Girl stuff in this new story. Yeah, apparently going to Arkham Tower, so however that story ends, it seems like... They're still going to be doing Arkham Tower stories. She's got a, a new look, judging by that cover. She's got like a mm-hmm. shorter haircut. Yeah, I guess yeah. someone remembered she exists. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't think Tom King did by the end of his run, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Oh, remember when he set up a whole thing with her? Yeah. At the end of that first arc. And that, that was going to be a big thing. There was a the whole thing and with, with Duke and her. And like. Yeah. And he just almost like he got sidetracked by Bat-Cat stuff. You know, yeah. Flashpoint Batman. So I wonder how much of that was editorial and how much of that was him. Yeah, that's what I would yeah. ask. I would ask, like, how much of that was his choosing to uh, go away from that and how much of it was... Yeah. No, stop focusing on them. Because it was Williamson that came in and did the co-writing to end the Gotham Girl stuff. Um, yeah. And that was rough. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
So, yeah, yeah hopefully it's good. Uh, I may have knocked over some beverage when I... <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounded like. I, I ca- my cable for my headphones knocked over uh, the can, so I'm just uh, drying it a little bit. Uh, next up on solicits, uh, as chaos ensues, uh, we have the next issue of Batman Superman World's Finest Issue 2, and obviously Oof. this is not started yet. If you forgot what this is, this is the Mark Wade book with Dan Moore on art. Which so is, yeah, throwing yeah. in, you know, more of the... Do- we, I think we knew the Doom Patrol were in it, but, you know, having them front and centre on the cover. I mean, Mark Wade's always struck me as one of those guys that loves a lot of DC and lots of corners of the DC, like, past the universe, it, so it doesn't surprise yeah. me that he's bringing something in. In this case, it's a Doom Patrol, but... He always has this view of the Silver Age, but he updates it very well. Because this feels very much Silver Age Doom Patrol. This is not like the Morrison-y, weirdy one, you know? It's definitely Robot Man and the Negative Man, right? That, that's who's all wrapped up? I assume so. Negative yeah. Man, yeah, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Negative Man. I can't. I always forget what his name is. Um, and yeah, the, uh, the Calder up there, so... Yeah, this cover is phenomenal. Um, yeah, Dan Mora doing a great cover. I'm shocked. I know. Uh, yeah. So and there's a few covers here to look at. Quite a few. Is that, is that a Tim Sale cover that I'm seeing? You are. Yeah. Yeah. That's the um, one in. Where is it? It's, it's the fourth one of them. Yeah, it's the fourth one. Yeah. No, it's just it's, a variant. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say probably my least favorite because Tim Sale's art these days is not as hot as it once was. Mm. Uh, it's... I think it's still it's very Tim Cell esque. I mean, yeah, it works. And it's fourth in the sense that we naturally go right, but you can actually go left and get to that. Yeah, first I mean, if you even want. if you do that, it's yeah. a labeled image four of four on mm-hmm. on their system. No, I I would say Connor, I kind of like. I've never it noticed that, that little box, but sure. <laughs> the way that it's split between Gotham and Metropolis, I feel that's a very well well composed image. That's fair. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight issue 2, so next oh, issue dear. of the next White Knight miniseries is coming, uh, so that's cool. Uh, the Hawk, they've, they've done this every so often, this is always, this always throws me, when they're not actually soliciting a reprint of something, they're just saying, hey, this exists, and you can go buy it. Uh, yeah. So this is, the, this is both Flashpoint The Trade and also the Flashpoint Omnibus, they just both say Oof. it on sale now, and it's like, okay. <laughs> I, I think part of this is... Not for us reading these solicits now, but these are for when it's compiled in the DC Connect physical mm. issue that you know retailers hand out to customers. So they might flip through it and go, "Oh, could you order me yeah. one of these?" I mean, don't get me wrong. I get that in a catalog, digital or otherwise, like having them right next to the Flashpoint Beyond issue zero solicit makes a lot of sense. Like, I I get that. I feel like you could probably do that for every book though, but just not have it in this. Like, like when you're looking through like the the customer version. Almost every issue of every book should have a little box that has, say, hey, recommended background. I, I get reading. it, but I, I guess that's a lot of work. They don't want to do that all the time. They want to I overload guess. it. Whereas, hey, this is a new thing that's coming up. If you haven't read this, you might want to. It's kind of a, a hint of, to, hey, get caught mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and they also solicit Flashpoint Beyond issue one as well, because we knew it was coming every other week. So it makes sense that the the next issue is uh, solicited here as well. Uh, yeah, based on when it's starting, so that is cool. So just keep in mind that Jeff Johns writes issue zero, but then he is co-writing with Jeremy Adams and Tim mm-hmm. Sheridan on the rest of the book, which is kind of a weird mix of names, uh, yeah. all things considered. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, and then we have uh, this caught my eye. 
uh, I don't think we knew about this before. This is The Flash, The Fastest Man Alive, issue one. There is no indication that it is a, a miniseries. It doesn't say one shot. No, so... that was my first assumption was one shot. But... Yeah, because it's bigger, yeah. It's like a 48-page book, this first issue. Uh, but it's a Barry Allen Flash story, and it, uh, you know, it says, you know, uh, and lead up to the hotly anticipated blockbuster The Flash. Uh, so it's oh, tying into the movie a little bit uh, in terms yeah. of marking. But it says, after yep. Barry's adventure with the Justice League, he's determined, and it goes, he goes on, it's a story about Gridder, uh, like Gerder, sorry. Um, is this supposed to be continuity with the movie? Like, is this yeah, a movie version so. of Flash? Is it? Yep. I think so. Okay, all right. So, so yeah. because if you look, that that's a Batflick-looking Batman, and the, the, but it the Flash be... looks very much like Ezra. Would it be Batfleck though? Because the movie's going to have Keaton. This Batman. is yeah, but if this is post Justice League. Oh sure. Yeah. So this is that version, right? So before yeah. the movie. I mean, I thought this was them trying to launch a second ongoing Flash book that was Barry. I did too, and then I read that, and then I looked at the art, and I was like, "This is clearly meant to be Ezra Miller." So yeah, there's no there's out. no variance to give me a second like nope. thingy. But I think if it was a new book. There'd have been a separate announcement about it. Probably. Like someone would have written articles about it. We'd know, and I haven't seen any. It's a, it's a bit weird just how much they've dumped it in the solicits like this, though. Like, there's no yeah. fanfare for I mean, it or anything. The next thing, I like the movie. The, I would say the next thing, which is more explicit in what it is, maybe le- leans more towards that this is a movie tie-in. Yeah. Now, that's fair. So next up, we have Earth Prime issue one and two. Um, and this is by Natalie Abrams, Kelly Larson... And Camrus Johnson, uh, with art by Clayton Henry, at least on issue one. Mm-hmm. Issue two has Tom Gurmit and Norm Rapmund on and art. And three different names writing it as well. Oh, three different names. I didn't even realize. <laughs> I just saw three names and thought, oh, they must be the same three. Uh, yeah, that's... So yeah, spinning out of the CW shows, Earth Prime continues the adventures of your favorite heroes from the small screen. That's the first line of the solicit text. So mm-hmm. That's probably all I, most I of the... The next uh, sentence is maybe just a bit more context for people who are interested in the book. Sure, but yeah. I think for most people, that part is all they need to hear before they, they know if they're not interested. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's worth... Yes. I, I, yeah, for, for me, I definitely might check out the Superman one, but I don't know. I haven't watched any other CW shows in a very long time. Yeah, so, so each issue focuses so. on a different character from... Mm-hmm. A different series entirely. Yeah. yeah. So, so this first one seems to be Batwoman. Yeah. But, I don't know if it's maybe got three stories in by, you know, all, all Batwoman show stories, but, you know, mm. maybe that's why there's three writers. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's 48 pages each issue, so yeah, it makes sense it would be three story, two or three stories. Because mm-hmm. the, the second one makes it sound like there is at least two. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, yeah, and maybe this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I think the cover for that Superman issue is pretty bad, but... <laughs> I quite like it. I think, and yeah. also, it's very clearly Kyle Hodgson Superman. Yeah, even, sure. even, even with the heavily stylized shadow. art that it is, it's very clearly that take on Superman. Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit nightmare fuel for me to be honest, but uh... I think it's I think it's fine. I wouldn't go out of my way to pick up that cover, but I don't think it's you know. Oh boy, I just scrolled down and saw the boys. Okay, that's nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just I just had it on Lewis and Clark, and then I saw the two, and I was like, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and as far as far as like making it like those versions, I will 
concur that the 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 shadow on his face and stuff does make it feel like his Superman. I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen Lois on that show have a headband. <laughs> so no, you know, so there's at least one detail that feels a little bit like I don't know from a different era of Superman. But hey ho. Uh, next up, Wonder Woman seven eight six. This is part five of the Amazons, uh, the trial of the Amazons storyline. Uh, which obviously leads into Trial of the Amazons Wonder Girl issue 2, um, then Trial of the Amazons issue 2, uh, which I presume is the finale mm-hmm. of the whole thing. So, uh, Yeah, final chapter of our crossover. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little dreading this, just because I don't know if I want to read it all. I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to. We, we were kind of saying this before, that, okay, well, not sort of enjoying Wonder Girl that much, we were dropping it, although it's kind of cancelled now anyway, so it's a bit moot, but... We've not been reading Nubia, and Nubia seems to be where most of this is being set up. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys read Wonder Woman this week, uh, the backup. I, I, well, oh, no, I didn't not read the backup. backup. No. Yeah. <laughs> the backup's doing a lot of the setup, too. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean maybe, maybe, maybe if I... Because the first issue is going to be Trial of the Amazons issue one, presumably. Ooh. Maybe maybe I'll be tempted to try that and just see if I like it. And if I don't get into that first issue, then I can that? call it there. Yeah, that Babstar, uh, that variant looks pretty cool. Uh, which issue is that? Uh, it's the um, Wonder Woman 76. Nice. Oh, maybe that's Travis Moore. Hold on. Ah, he just got all confused. Babstar is on the other one. Whoever is the second one, where it's got Diana as the eagle, and then you have the lion, the wolf, and the jaguar. Yeah, uh, I think uh, cool. Trav- uh, on Wonder Woman image. The variant covers Paulina. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's that cover that you're looking at there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so actually, what that cover? I'm actually thinking Power Rangers. I'm getting a lot of Power Rangers vibes from that cover. Yeah, me because, too. I like it though because they all have yeah. an animal associated with them. And they're all in a different but color. This is something that got brought up in the the backup too. So I'll talk about that when we get there. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so here's the, here's the big bit of news this week, actually. Now we're in this this finally. Uh, Justice League 75. So Joshua Williamson's taking over Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, kind of. Well, kind of. At least for at least for a story here. Well, no, for an issue. Oh, sorry, for an issue. Well, let me read the bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Jesus Christ! He has to correct everything in the first three seconds. Right. I think it's important. Justice League 75. Right. Uh, so. It's actually funny that this came up because just last week I tweeted that later this year it's going to be 30 years since the death of Superman. And I actually Mm -hmm. tweeted that with a little, hmm, not because I thought they were going to do something in Justice League, but I actually thought, oh, maybe something in the action comic story is going to kind of like call back to death of Superman, you know, thematically or something, you know, it'd be a nice kind of like... This time he doesn't die, <laughs> kind of, kind of triumphant moment or something. I don't know, uh, but that, that's coming up. I think in that's like October, November is the actual anniversary month, uh, the death of Superman from nineteen ninety two. But um, but funnily enough, this week they announced death of the Justice League, and Williamson was doing press for it, and he talks about how it's no accident that it's issue seventy five because it was Superman seventy five, obviously volume two of Superman, <laughs> issue seventy five, where the actual death mm-hmm. happened. Um, so he's claiming that they're going to kill the Justice League and they are dead <laughs> and they're going through with it. Um, all, all the art and the images they showed in these articles and interviews, uh, implied five deaths specifically. 
from what I could yeah, tell. It's the variant cover as well. If you just uh, oh yeah, the There's, next one. Ah, the coffin. The variant yeah. cover is hilarious though, just because it looks like because of the perspective skewed a bit, right? Uh -huh. So it looks like they're just hanging out with uh, propped up coffins, weekend at Bernie style. Joe, you know? <laughs> I'll say this before I read the, the solicit text or we speculate or anything. The inherent instinct I have, outside of the idea of like, well, I mean, we're not cancelling Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Superman. Although, to be fair, Green Lantern, like, has other Green Lanterns that can be on that book, so mm -hmm. it's whatever. Um, not that it's Hal that's dead, because Hal's on the, the image, but... It's, um... That'll be John. It's John, yeah. It's a John, yeah. Well, it makes sense, because he's the one that's been well, on Justice he's, League. He's dead to us right now, anyways. I'm not reading that book. Um... <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> um, but, I mean, typically, like, my, my excitement, if they're going to do this for a while, right? Because let's face it, they're not dead forever. They're never going to be. But, is like, well, who's stepping up to take all these mantles on for the ones that need mantles being taken up? And obviously, we already have John for Superman, right? He's even in yeah, the image. John. Yeah, John. Yeah, you got the whole Bat family for Bruce. Yeah, yeah, we got tons of Bat characters. Yeah, you know. You know? And it, new Aquaman already. Yeah, it, it, it does thrill me, actually, to see, like, Steph, Cass, you know, mm -hmm. along with the Robins on this cover. Like, it's nice that they're all kind of counted in the potential, you know. And the, and the Metal Man uh, hanging out in the back. Yeah. But you've got, like, you've got like, all, you know, most of the Green Lanterns. Uh, I couldn't help but notice, though, that there's no guy. We, we got Jess and Kyle... And Simon and Hal. Someone no has guy. to be protecting the world while they're up in the funeral. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one invited Guy because they don't even want him at a funeral. Right? He's busy. He'd bring busy down... doing his job. He'd bring down yeah. the tone. <laughs> um, so, yes, obviously the big headline, the main cover is literally just big bold text, Death of the Justice League on black. And there's some image inside the text, but it's black with just the big bold text, Death yeah. of the Justice League. It's very... Um... Alex Ross-esque. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to read, I'm just going to read the actual solicit text for this, right? So this is a 48-page special-sized issue. It is listed as the final issue. Um, oversized special issue, superstar writer Joshua Wilson pens the beginning of the next big DCU event. So the fact that this is leading into an event is no surprise either, I suspect. We all, if they're going to actually treat this like a big deal, it makes sense it's going to lead to something. Right? It all starts here. A new dark army made up of DCU's greatest villains has formed on the edges of the multiverse. The DCU's best and most powerful heroes are pulled together in an epic war to push the darkness back. But in the end, they are no match for it. That's right, you heard it here first. The Justice League are killed by the Dark Army. Uh, where's Bruce Campbell? Where's, where's yeah. Ash to take on this horde? The Army of Darkness can be defeated by Bruce and his boomstick. Uh, this is my boomstick. So there's only one survivor to warn the remaining heroes of Earth of what's coming for them. Uh, I mean, given that the Flash is on the Justice League, he doesn't have a coffin, I'm going to guess Flash, but sure. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely Guy. That's <laughs> where he is, he's too busy. I mean, there's no Hot Girl coffin. I don't know, is Hot Girl still active in the Justice League these days? Uh, I've not been reading that. Matt, uh, you've, been, you've been keeping up with the Bendis. Hold on, let me see this issue that's Black been Adam. here for like, a month. <laughs> Technically, uh, technically, you could count. No, 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 yeah, hot girl's still there on this cover from uh, issue sixty nine. <clears throat> interesting. Nice. Um, what's what's funny because Barry's already kind of in a precarious position, right? Because uh, I mean, let's face it: the reason why mm -hmm. Williamson is doing this is presumably because Justice League Incarnate, well, it may not be essential, is definitely going to, I think, lead into this in some way. 
Uh, this Edge of the Multiverse, that line in particular really sticks out as being, yeah, it kind of feels like whatever he's doing in that book is mm-hmm. ultimately going to be relevant to this. And I suspect that, you know, Barry may already in some way be either taken out of the picture or screwed, and that's why he's not one of the coffins here in the same way. Maybe he does survive. Maybe he is the, the one witness, like I said. But, uh, yeah, so the coffins are Aquaman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, presumably John, and Superman. Um. What I will point out before we speculate anything here uh, is that someone asked Philip K. Johnson on Twitter if yeah. this in any way was getting in the way of like his action comics run, is it altering things, is there any reason to be... And he just responded with saying, everything's happening as it was planned, it's all part of the picture. So, you know, something to that effect anyway. So it was basically like, even if... Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Either we're going to ignore it and they'll just be at different times or it'll somehow miraculously play into it and that'll be kind of genius in its own way. Either way, yeah. don't worry about it. Um, But he's not he's not having to change things and be like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I have to change yeah. everything because they're doing this story. It is... This little death that I've always... You know, I've read comics a long time. It always... Nothing feels real, you know, ever. Because I mean, that was kind of the point you know, of Blackest Night. Joe's funny so, is that part of me's thinking, ah, oh, there's no way they're taking Bruce away from Batman. And then I'm thinking, wait, yeah. Williams is writing Batman, though. He's actually yeah. the one who could do it. <laughs> yeah. do, you know, do you know what annoys me most? Because it's not the concept of the story. Like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, it's hard to get yeah. too worked up. It's, ah, oh, they'll be back. It's just a story, right? Yeah. What I really hate is why. Why do they have to be like this with com- Like, Why do comics have to be so. Oh, why awkward? do they tell us? No, not even that. Although, sure, I get that, that but that's just. Publicity marketing. Yes. Don't wrong. I'd prefer the surprise, but sure, I can live with that. Why are you starting a story, explicitly starting a story, in issue seventy-five of seventy-five of the Justice League book? No, no one is going to think. Oh, I might pick. You know, if if they if they're not in the know, no one is going to go. Oh, issue seventy-five. Oh, I'll pick that up. It, it's the final, you know, the, it's the final <laughs> issue, and then go, oh, and, and now it leads into the like. No one's gonna know that. I well, I guess the idea is that a lot of people buy death issues regardless if they're reading the book, <laughs> so they're kind of playing on that yep. a little bit. <laughs> Maybe, but you could have called this Death of the Justice League issue one or zero or Alpha if if it was good. If that's going to be the name of the event, I, I'm no idea if it is. Obviously, that's spe- you know, wild speculation. In fact, I suspect it's probably not. Otherwise, they probably would have done that. Well, this is but, what I said earlier. They specifically wanted the Death of Superman parallel of I, being in issue seventy five. I get that. That is a weak reason. There's a weak reason to. I, be- I'm not saying I disagree. I, I'm just saying that is like. What they're saying. That is no, no, I, I know they're saying that, and and I get that, that that that's their justification. But I think it's, I think it's just annoying, especially in in a in a in a time where, over the last few months, especially on like Twitter, you'll see people are like, oh, how do I read comics? And then it's like, well, especially this this issue, then that issue, then it goes to this, then they're in that, and then it's you know parallel with, well, how do I read manga? And it's like, start volume one, bro. That's that's like the meme that's going around, right? That's... Yes, but then I would respond to that with, "Why would you want to read manga?" Irrelevant. Checking me. So <laughs> irrelevant I, though. Why do they? Do after this? Connor makes his point, I'll, I'll share a thread that I read. It's just this why. Like, this, there is no need for this to be this complicated, and it's not complicated to us because we're in the know. We we follow it. We go, oh sure, it's seventy-five, and mm-hmm. then oh, it's just one issue, and then yeah, we're somewhere else, but. For anyone who just is a well, casual thing, and the, the people who this stunt is aimed at, it's just annoying. We are used to this shit, 
And it's there has always been this kind of learning curve to comics. It's always been this way. There's so many stories yeah. that start at issue, you know, right, five nine two. It's always been that way. It doesn't mean it should yeah. continue. I'm not, I'm not saying way. it should. I'm not saying it should. I'm, but I'm saying that for yeah. us, like we are past that learning curve, and obviously have been for some time. And I'm not saying that new people should have to go through the learning curve. But even if they do change things now, like all the stories that are still you know, that have already been that way are still going to want to be read and we're still going to have to deal with it in some capacity. Now, admittedly, it doesn't matter as much because they're all in trades and stuff and as long right. as as long as they name and number trades, which they never used to do. I want to make this oh, clear. Yeah. When I started reading trades and I started reading DC Comics and I was trying to read Jeff John's Green Lantern, I had to like research what the order was of the trades. Mm-hmm. That should not... There were entire websites and tumblers and, you know, blogs dedicated to, this is the order for this book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, yes, it should be made easier. It should. And it, it, this would be better if it was just a one shot. I I agree. Like I'm not I'm not disputing that. Um, but the the point with issue seventy five, I don't think it's going to stop it from selling because I think they're going to have posters. They're going to get comic shops to market it and you know pimp yeah. it out and say this is the start of DC's next big event. And people ultimately won't care that much. It's ultimately only going to be brand new people who have never read a comic book really <laughs> that are going to think that seventy five. Which- <laughs> that's the, the problem is that's the thing that this is aimed at this stunt is aimed at those people who have not really read much comics if at all yeah this you, this big poster that you can slap up it's aimed at them do you know what i think smart about this is a story idea though if, if, if there's going to be a case of like all the uh the next in line sort of step up so you have i don't know if it's going to be deck you know sort of not necessarily becoming batman but just the idea that nightwing is going to like step up and be kind of like the bat representative mm-hmm. you know in charge sure. uh you know and You've got John and Superman, who's already there. You got Wally, who for us, obviously, we can kind of consider Flash anyway. But, but having all these people sort of like rise up, all these characters, I think it's smart that if you do draw in new people because you're marking it as the death of the Justice League, you're effectively kind of almost backdoor piloting to these new people all these newer characters or characters that they have considered lesser or don't know. And maybe by the end of the story, if they stick around, they'll care about Jackson, they'll care about John, they'll care about, you know. Is that? anything about that sense which i don't know i agree with everything there yeah is there anything about that that doesn't function exactly the same if it's a one shot with the same title instead of you know like called death of the justice i believe i do believe i started that point with say as a separate point i that was nothing oh, okay. nothing i said there was in conversation say, with the previous statements made I, I, I retract it that. was it was a new Weird. positive point i was making about I the did story not realize we'd moved on all right apologies well, that's nice they'll hear that often Matt, what did you? What thread did you? No, my my about? point you you already hit on it was about it. It's not geared towards us, right? There's a whole thread of that I read from people that go into comic shops but not regularly, and they see this, and you know it's why Batman sells because people can just go in and go, well, I want to read a Batman story, and those are all pretty carefully curated, right? You know, um, but that's why they do this type of stuff. So like Death of Justice League might be a jump on. Right. And then people get introduced to the next generation, you know, and there happens to be, you know, a John Superman book right now. Nightwing's really hitting. There could have been a Wonder Girl until it got cancelled. I, I suspect know? when this was in the works, that was con- planned to continue. Yeah. Right? Well, I think that's maybe yeah. why, because obviously we speculated that the announcement, you know, it was like, oh, there's more plans for Wonder Girl in the future. It was definitely, okay, mm. well, that's just another ongoing book or they're going to do a series of minis because right. it gives Joel Jones more time or whatever. Right. 
Uh, I, I, I still do think, though, the idea of like setting up like a successor is still there, even if that book is not going to continue as it yeah, was. Yeah, so, you know, you have the Aquaman stuff going on, too. We're not reading it, but it's there. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, like, it, it just it kind of feels like this is just one of those times where, like, one of my favorite Justice League teams was James Robinson, and it was all just a bunch of, you know, not A-listers and Dick Grayson, you know, <laughs> on, on the team. So, and it was it was real fun. So I mean the fact um, that we have Tom Taylor writing the the Bat and the Superman equivalents yeah. of this you know new generation right or, you know puts them in a pretty good place and, get into this and they're selling really well right yes so yes. Yes. it's no not just critical well. it's also you know sales so which is you know annoyingly the most important aspect right mm-hmm. for, for people, how good something is if no one's reading it then yeah. DC aren't mm-hmm. going to publish it and the beautiful thing is is that while this is all happening like. Johnson's action comics is so separate. Even if it does tie in eventually, like it's still that it's, that run's still going as it was planned. So it's starting to feel like that's almost on the levels of like the the Azarello, uh Wonder Woman at the start of two. Where it's just it, it's it's doing something. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I still, I mean, I think it's going to be more relevant in the end than that was. Yeah. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying about it being separate because like, I think like ultimately once he does come back, it will be like he's returned and what yeah, happened. Yeah, this has mattered. more of a. A start and an end that that are more relevant to the wider universe than that book did, I think. But for the most part, the bulk of the story is just, yeah, I'm gonna go off and do a thing. Yes. See ya. Uh, so, I mean, and let's face it, I mean, Death of the Justice League. I mean, that's what they're calling this issue. That's not what whatever this is leading to is not going to be called that. I don't think. Yeah, no. Um, it's also funny too that on that one variant cover, there's only the five coffins. But if you keep going through the covers, mm-hmm. you, you know, you are missing Hot Girl. And Black Canary and Great Arrow. And yeah, I mean it's Zatanna, worth mentioning. There's a really. there's a nice cover where there's like a kid looking up at like the it's like it's like mm-hmm. Times Square esque you know screens, and you do see a flash like cowl like yeah. on the ground. So maybe you know, maybe there is a dead flash. I mean maybe maybe Barry yeah. If you keep going, there's like a a monument statue in like yeah. a graveyard. Mm. They're all on there. Yeah, who's missing? Who is missing? Yeah, Green Arrow's on there as well. Yeah, you're right. Um, Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that Cyborg on the left? Cyborg? Oh, that's yeah, on the left it's Cyborg. Who's the, who's the other dude on the, the sort of middle, just above Batman? It's Green Lantern, I think, judging by the, the chest. Yeah. Oh, you're right, you're right, okay. You look, look kind of bald, though. Is that Lex? <laughs> is this Lex? No, it's John. Oh, no, I can see that now that you've said yeah. it. But, I'm, I'm, but, you know, at glance, I didn't... Yeah, I didn't really see the Green Lantern emblem. It's just, it's, it's, it's that like an angle. Yeah. It's just like a circle. It is, it is. But I'm pretty sure that's what it's meant to be. Yeah, but probably. Oh yeah, he's not anywhere else in the. So who's on the team that's not part of that statue? If I mean, maybe they're just trying to keep it secret, and they're, they're yeah. all on there. Right. Yeah, this could just be like variant rules where it doesn't matter that it's not one to one. Yeah. Uh, but technically, Black Adam. <laughs> who's at the funeral? So maybe he's not there. Yeah. I was say Black Adam or Naomi. I love the idea that Black Adam comes back and says, oh, this is a big threat, and the rest are just like that. I survived miraculously. Uh, it wasn't me, though, I swear. I, I, <laughs> that wasn't me. I didn't kill them. <laughs> are, are you sure? To be fair, Black Canary's not on that. Oh, yeah, that, that could be good no, But no, and that is Cyborg. Right there, so, and Cyborg's in the other one, too. So Yeah, we said that. Yeah, we said Cyborg was there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was looking at the other covers. Yeah. Uh, and mm. there, was, there was another cover, actually, with Zatanna on it. Yeah, that's the one I was referring uh, to. That's the Todd Knock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously some of these covers are quite nice, uh, not surprisingly. 
So DC tend to have a good stable of variant artists at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I think it's good timing as well. This is out in April. You suspect the event will start in May or June, so it's nice timing to sort of lead into the summer. Um, yeah, I, I'd say on a, a puzzle in regards to the actual story, I think personally I'm less excited because I've not been super hot on, on a lot of Williamson's team stuff. Really, I've not really I didn't really love uh, the event. Um, Infinite Frontier, I, I bounced off of uh, Justice League Incarnate, and I get that, that those things all seem to be building towards this event so it's hard for me to get that excited because i've not been reading those really but i don't know maybe this issue will turn it around uh, i'm curious to see what he does um i've had a decent enough time with it i, I do suspect that i, I feel like I, I do feel like right now just like incarnate is intentionally kind of a smaller mini series that obviously is leading to big things but feels small in its own scope it feels small now, but also like it's probably going to be a relatively important piece of the puzzle over in the overall tapestry of Williamson's story of whatever whatever he's telling over these few years. Yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to see you know how much of it is important. Like if you just know that Barry got trapped uh, by Darkseid, and like because I imagine the end of just the current might be like revealing who this big villain is, who's on the outside of the multiverse. Uh, and that'll be kind of like leading into when when does that end i mean we've had what three issues of that maybe four yeah so it'll probably end in march or april yeah. the great darkness oh uh, yeah i don't think there's one in this this there's not so yeah. it must be must be march must be march so again nice timing in terms of how it's spacing everything out uh, uh my hope would be I, i'm not necessarily expecting this but my hope would be to do a thing where they're, they're, they're ahead on this like whatever the actual event book is and the event can maybe come out to a month or something, so it's not lasting seven months kind of thing. I'd say it's possible, given that we've got the other one that's going every two weeks, yeah. right? And we've just had the tower, uh, you know, a we detective. will have had the tower every week at that so, point. Uh, so, yeah. It'd be nice. It would be nice if it was uh, a bit more timely, just to... Because I think it feels more like an event when you get through it in a more reasonable time it period. It does. It feels weird that they're going to be publishing two events, like, simultaneously, though, right? Because they'll have... Uh, the Flashpoint Beyond. Are we count- I mean, is that an event? <laughs> I'm expecting tie-ins, so... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe maybe that's not really an event. Just the publishing schedule being, you know, every two weeks, it being Flashpoint. I'm expecting them to treat it as such, but I could be wrong. I'm definitely more excited for this than I am Flashpoint Beyond. I'll- I mean, I'll say that much. Yeah, I guess I guess I am too. Although, yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling, Matt? It's, it's you know it's fine. I, it's hard to get excited for something like this when we I you know only have that little bit to go off of. So, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know what the story is going to be. But... I don't. I don't know what the stakes are actually going to be. It doesn't seem like it's actually you know stuff that's sticking, especially with <clears> the <throat> fact that as you keep going through the solicits, you know it seems like every other. Uh, series that features one of these characters that apparently dies is still going, you know. So I suspect um, we'll have more to talk about this next month. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for all we know, we could get to like maybe not me, but like June solicits, and it's like, oh yeah, all the books that had these characters who died are changing significantly right. because of it. Right, and if that's the case, then I'll be able to talk about excitement or yeah. lack thereof. You know. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily need to, need to affect the other books though. If it's just a good story on its own. No, but. Be affected because I don't like Flash wouldn't because that's no Wally anyway. 
Batman, yes, would, but mm-hmm. I mean, William seems again. William seems I mean, behind yeah, that yeah. anyway. Aquaman. Yeah, they're going out of their way to to set up, you know. Yeah, I mean, Jackson and Aquaman working together. It's, you mainly, it's mainly Wonder Woman. Um, I mean, John is in Green Lantern. He's like one of the main characters in that, so that would change. Mm-hmm. But with Wonder Woman as well, though, we don't know. Charlie Amazon's could end yeah. with some right. major change in that book, anyway. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, which is that's just that just reaffirms the point I'm making, though, which is that I don't really need it to affect a lot of books for it to feel important. Uh. This is, this very... I also feel like it doesn't. I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like it's that important as of yet because I have no context for it. And, until it inf- impacts other books, it's just kind of its own random thing. Well, uh, well not even impacting the other books. Like if if this is like a huge big threat, right? And that's what Williamson's kind of building from Incarnate, and if that's what's bleeding over this whole Dark Army or whatever. Then then yeah, then I feel like there's some some stuff going on there. But as of right now, it's. Some shadowy group killed the Justice League, maybe, and you know we'll we'll see. I'm definitely gonna read it. Obviously, yeah. I mean I, I think yeah. it's just a case of how they treat it. The fact that they gave it this market unveiling, they've given it this big you know start cover. I'm sure they're going to promote the shit out of it. I'm sure it's going to be one of those things where maybe they'll give out pins to comic shops to give out or something like mm-hmm. so, something stupid like that. Like it feels like one of those types of things that they might really try and milk for everything it's worth. Um, yeah. It definitely feels like the biggest. I mean, not Doomsday Clock was kind of weird and separate, so that's kind of on its own weird league. I would say this feels like the biggest event since Death Metal. This feels like the not the, not the follow up to Death Metal, but it's the the, the follow up in the sense that it's the next big event that we'll think of as the big events in DC Comics. I think that's probably fair. Although, if you'd said you could have said that exact same thing about Infinite Frontier before that started. Oh, we could have speculated it, yeah. Uh, no, I think you, we, we we probably did say something similar along those lines. Ah, this is the next big and, event in DC. Yeah, in hindsight, I would say that's not there, but if I had to, although now it's more clear that that is a prelude to this. <laughs> than it, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a part of this story, ultimately, right? Yeah. That's the start of the story. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, so then there's some uh, trades and things in the solicits here. I'll just quickly go through. we got Justice League Volume 1 Prisms. This is the first Bendis trade, which... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. you can't have that many trades. He was, I was on the book that long, ultimately, because he's he's just wrapping up soon, isn't he? It'll be two or three. Oh, yeah, some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naomi season two, issue two is coming out in April, so yep. that's there. Uh, Saman Universe Nightmare Country issue one by James Tynan the fourth with Lisandro uh, Esthern on oh, no, our. I probably butchered that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. People are excited for this. I'm, I'm happy very for them. For I don't understand it, but I'm glad they're excited for it. What do you not understand? I well, I don't get. I don't. I, 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 have, a, I do have a I, question I don't though. Have the hype. Okay. I, I, I have a question before before you talk about the yeah. book itself. Uh, wasn't Titan supposed to be done with new yes. books? Yes. Um. I, I can again. Yeah. Because I'm a sucker who pays for his newsletter. Mm-hmm. I can give you context on this because he did send out an email about this. Yeah. Uh huh. Basically, he'd made that decision. He doesn't want to do any more creator-owned stuff. Uh, and then Chris Conroy, the editor who does a lot of the uh, Black Label stuff. So you mean the opposite, not creator-owned stuff? Yeah. What did I say? He, so you, you say he, that he wanted to do any more creator-owned stuff, which I feel uh, is the opposite yeah, of yeah. what you mean. He doesn't want yeah. to do a lot of work for hire. Yeah, I, I thought I said he wanted to focus on creator-owned stuff, but clearly I didn't. Fair enough. Um, basically, Chris Conroy texted him. was like, so uh, I'm setting up a new Sandman universe line. 
I want you to lead it. And Kyle's like, <laughs> God damn it, you son of a bitch. Um, basically, talk about how Sandman was like, you know, the big comic for him, which mm-hmm. is probably true to a lot of people of, you know, this generation, mm-hmm. right? Especially, you know, creatives, you know, around his age range. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, you know, that big seminal work that inspired a lot. So it's not surprising. Yeah, it doesn't uh, surprise me. This book, it's it's a horror book, basically, essentially. Uh, the last, like, few books in the, the Sandman universe, the one, the Dreaming, they've all fan- focused on the, the fantasy side of it, like, inside the Dreaming. This is all set in the real world, barring some sections, and it focuses on the Corinthian. And the Corinthian is, uh, like, this character created by Dream to go and be, you know, the, the, the most awful of nightmares, basically. It's supposed to, you know, the, the, the idea was, oh, you know, he's a reflection to the worst of humanity and just, you know, is this ultimate nightmare. Um, some has some very good stories early on in, in Sandman to do with Corinthian. Um, so this, uh, Lysandra Estherin is doing the, the main art for the book, but each issue will have a guest artist doing a nightmare section. So this one is Yannick Paquette, uh, but there'll be different artists for each issue for that. Uh, he did say it should completely stand alone. For, you know, if you haven't read Sandman, it should still work. But mm. I imagine it'll be better if you have because that's continuity for you, right? Uh, just that, that's so much. I mean, I don't have anything to say about the book on its own, really. Mm. On the Substack thing, though, is has anything come from Substack? If if books came out, uh, are they praised? I've heard no one talking about it since all the all the he's, big announcements of people. He's, uh, he's putting work out every like every week. So if for Tynan specifically. He has, uh, completely blank on the name. It's it's like a, a project, like a project blue book. I think is what maybe what it's called. Uh, and it is just, um, comics version. You know, it's it's taking the real accounts that people had uh, from you know UFO encounters mm-hmm. in like the fifties and sixties, and uh, not not fictionalizing them, but just adapting those stories into comics. Um, I think he's launching a new something new next month as well. But at the minute, we get like an issue of that every like like a ten page issue of that every two weeks, and then there's other stuff sprinkled throughout as well. Um, I know Jeff Lemire has a Substack where he publishes pages of his new graphic novel that he's making, like you know, kind of like a page at a time, every however often that is. I gotta uh, be honest, none of this is sounding appealing to me as a comic book reader. I mean, the the Project Blue book. Does but it's all digital, right? Conceptually, it does, but I mean that's ten pages every two weeks. Like, but it's it's the that is ten pages of like, it is that's... written as a ten page thing. It's not just here's a ten page chunk. Sure, sure, sure. But even that doesn't appeal to me that much. But like... that's all worked into the overall monthly price, right? Yeah, like because yeah. it's like Patreon, right? There's tiers and kind of yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean the Jeff Lemire thing, I definitely don't like the sound of. Like that, that doesn't appeal to me at all. No, that's fair. There's, there's, there's a lot of like behind the scenes of like you know, it's a lot of it is you oh, pay for other, other stuff as well. To, to be for, to be fair though, Jeff Lemire is still making a lot of regular. Co- he's not. Yeah. Like, he's he's not going to like, Substack I mean, to exclusive. Fair, so is Tynan. I mean, not, not much though. Just not for DC. Just not for DC. I mean, he's, he's, he's still got something's killing something. the children. The, uh, the spin-off for that. He's got Department of Truth. He's right. got Wind. I'm aware of all this, yes, but the announcement at the time made it sound like he was going to exclusive Substack. No, no, he was he was always just stepping away f- uh, from DC, and and also with all the Substack works, they own the rights to take them to publish anywhere else. So once mm. once this Project Blue Book, once the first story they're on uh, is coming to an end soon, 
he can if he wants to take that and then you know bring it to image and sell it as a as a you know a graphic novel or as like okay we can now publish this as monthly singles if we want to yeah i mean, uh, I mean they, the, the, whole, have those rights. the 10 page every two weeks thing is the same reason i just don't like digital first books mostly because they tend to be in a format like that and i'm just not that into it yeah, uh, that's fair um but different creators are doing different things you know I, I, it just depends on which one you're following and as a finished trade there's a collection of shorts sure maybe that's a good collection but uh, in that format i'm not particularly so me, I've, I've been enjoying them. They've been real solid. But I just, I, I haven't heard anyone talk about. It. Like this is the first time I'm hearing about any of these things. Like, I, no, no, I've not seen anyone on Twitter talking about. No, I've, I've heard about the Project Blue Book, but that's because I roll in different type, uh, you know, spooky side of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, mean that stuff terrifies me. I don't like aliens. We all know I love Bigfoot and monsters, but I, I tend to stay away from alien stuff because it, it terrifies me. Oh, aliens so... are great. You watch God told oh. me to, Matt. So it's just no. a treat. You'll love it. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> that's wild. Like, the, the gray alien stuff? Nah. Get, yeah. Uh, with that. So with Tanzel, like he does like so obviously you got that story, like as just as right. a comic coming out, and there's more coming. I think mm -hmm. I think he's hinting at something launching next month. But so on the so every other week you get that, and then on the opposite week you get a I just a, I think no, I mean, that, this sentiment's coming from me. It came from this idea that when they when he made this initiative about Substack and then there was other creators like there was all these articles about how Substack's gonna change the comic book industry. And I feel like we're here months later, and I'm like, I've not heard anyone talk about Substack in months. <laughs> it, it feels yeah, like it's I done mean, absolutely nothing, and I don't, I don't yeah, mean to disparage. I was, I was I, having I, this thought as well. Yeah, I think one fundamentally, it was never going to impact the big two because even if it, even if all the creators that that you know that the, the big names that went and took the Substack deal and were like, oh, I'm not publishing anything in the big two anymore. You Tynan, you Snyder, you. Hickman as well. Obviously, he's kind of doing that over there with Marvel at the minute. He's you know leaving the X to go and focus on his Substack works. The big two will just all right. Next person. Well, oh yeah, but I was... you're right. Well, no, but I, I understand where Pete's coming from. There was a lot of internet hype behind it. Like this is going to revolutionize things, and it doesn't seem like it's changed it. Which, if you believe all that right off the bat. It, it, you're very gullible. Yeah, but, but it did you... seem like this was going to be that new thing, and it yeah, and kind it just... of has become like. Patreon. I was gonna say the other company, um, but uh, it's, like just, it's just Patreon for comics. It, it's just like I don't know. It, it was such a big deal was made out of it, and I feel like it's made no impact. And it wasn't so much that I was thinking it'd impact the big two, other than creators might not be around to write big two comics. But that doesn't feel any different to any creator in the past who has decided to, oh, I'm not going to do DC and Marvel anymore. I'm just going to do Image Books, yeah. or I'm just going to do whatever. Like. And that seems to be what Tynan and Co are still more or less doing. Or like uh, Lemire mostly doing Dark Horse. He just signed that deal like recently. Mm -hmm. So, like, ultimately, it's it's changed nothing. <laughs> I think in terms of the end product, so... that's probably true. And I think it was always going to be. I think it's um, it's very much like supporting like local indie sort of things. Like like if you're buying a book direct from the the writer, right? Or you know, if if it was music, you're buying a download direct from that artist site. This is kind of like that, you know, in, in, in you know, in the service Patreon, I'm supporting this person specifically with just this money and getting whatever I get for that. And yeah, it was I'm always going to be that. I'm not fighting, like, the the appeal of that or, or what that's doing for the creators that are using it. Although I hasten to suspect that the these names that are big enough to draw people to this new thing aren't the ones who might need that support in the same way. Like, it's more the struggling creators who are just trying to break into the industry who might need that support, but... Perhaps, but, I mean, I, I I subscribe to quite a lot of newsletters. I 
read a lot of them, like for, not just comics either. Like there's there's one I pay uh, five dollars a month, and it's every week you get a uh, a short story, like a like prose, like short story of sci-fi or fantasy. I think there's just there's there's a, a, a there's a point where most people aren't willing to go hunting in multiple places for more of something. And there wasn't really anything wrong, at least in this sense, with the, the pipeline of where you get your comic book stuff from, right? So whether that be digital or physical or or whatever, right? No matter where you get your comics from, I think they have to go out to seek this extra service and sign up to it and do it this other way. I, I think for most people, it's not appealing. Um, I get just... where you're coming from. I would say, if especially if you're already a digital reader, this is probably easier than a lot of digital comics are like i i subscribe to it once i click it and that's it it shows up in my email you know every how many well, days it's kind of like my patreon feed when it comes to podcasts is once i put the rss feed in my podcatcher as soon as a new one drops it's just there and i don't have to hunt for it however moving from the apple one to overcast it i have to search for if it's new or not you know what i mean like it doesn't have like today's podcast but that's on me. That that has nothing to do with, with Patreon. But I, I can see how it would be. How much how much is Tynan's, Connor? I wanna say five or seven dollars a month. Okay. Something like that. That's not bad. Um Yeah. I mean and, you spend and, that you spend that on a comic anymore, right? Like Yeah, and, and you tend to get two or three emails a week. One of which so there's like the the free tier, which is just here's the updates, here's like, you know, brief thoughts and yeah, I mean, updates. I still get those because I was still subscribed to his. Right, you know, and then so. you've got the you know the, we did have the 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 more long form essay, which was the the bat thoughts one. That'll right. probably be something else soon because mm-hmm. he's finished with that series now. We've got the Project Blue Book, and then the Wild Things, which is like here are cryptids from Department of Truth, and it's so it's like a, an image from a, yeah. a guest artist which is usually pretty cool and then like a research kind of in universe that's history, that's the money history of yeah like yeah. those are really really fast they're not comics to, right. to point out they are fictionalized in universe lore documents right but they would show up in a trade right this is back matter it, yes they, it, they it's, it's kind of like if if um Brubaker and Phillips saved their essays for Substack Yes, you know it's what? exactly like that. I would I would subscribe if I could go back because I got Fatal all in trade. I don't have any of those essays. Oh, and they're so good, right? But if right, but if I could pay them and, and get those, that's something that would make me do Substack. I so I, I get that side of things. Rubaker does have a newsletter. I don't know if he has a paid tier or not. No, he does. It's from the, the it's from the desk of Ed Rubaker, and it's just an update, you know, yeah. monthly what he's up to. You know, I'm I'm behind on all his books right now since he went to the different format. Um, since it's not monthly, so yeah, he's doing the, the reckless books, which are yeah. really good. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I, I have those two from last week. I still have not read the trades. I haven't even cracked them open. So yeah, no, all right. Let, let's get to going because we're, we're, you know, we're not even through solicits yet. <laughs> I asked a pretty simple question. Cara went on for yeah. ages. No, I know. I, but I, I get how passionate he is about that because it is, you know. It is tying and doing what he wants to do, right? Like yeah. Like, at the, end of the, the, day. the reason I'm relatively passionate is not because of Substack specifically. It's more just right. I really enjoy the format of hey, I you know, I'm subscribed to these creators, right. and I sign up to new ones regularly based off of like you know recommendations, and then I and this this content just oh it drops onto my phone, and I read it, you know breaks at work or whatever, and like and it's it's convenient to me to read things in that format. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not disputing what it offers anyone specifically. I'm just, I am looking at it pers- from the perspective of it's going to completely alter the comic book industry, <laughs> which was kind of the sentiment that seemed to be going around when all these announcements were happening uh, in one very quick time span, like six months ago. I, w- I would say the closest analogy to that is it's creators on a lot on TV going from network TV to, oh, a streaming service will now let me make my thing instead and they'll offer me a higher budget and maybe that's where more of the talent goes to at that point. I'm not saying that has happened right now with Substack. I'm saying... That no, it's definitely not because that was no. way more appealing for TV. <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying theoretically that is possible that, oh, you know, if creators are able to set up a direct, oh, here's a monthly income, it, it, it's it's kind of like the same as them setting up a Patreon individually, essentially. But doing it through email rather than a website that people have to actively visit, it's it comes to you. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care about the email part of it. You keep hyping that part up. I don't care. I don't care if I have to go to the service or not. That's not the issue. Well, I mean, you did say, a, you know, hunting something out and, you know, going yeah, somewhere. Yeah, a new service, is... a new account I have to make, a new thing I have to set up, like a new avenue that I have to set up. That, the, the actual going to the website to, like, check out things once I'm there, is I don't, like, care. That's no different to go anywhere else to check out the newest stuff. It's not, but I think this is why I'm saying this is part of the appeal for the newsletters is that, I don't have to go anywhere. It just drops in and I, oh, oh, that's there waiting for me. I get a notification. It's like, oh, that's cool. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about that part. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> oh, if anything I could do with less notifications and less emails uh, in my life, thank you very much. Uh, all right, back to solicits. Uh, right, what would we have next? Yeah, there's a bunch of Sandman stuff that they're they're pointing out here that's on sale yeah. soon. Uh, you got Sandman issue one, facsimile edition, and then you got Sandman the trades, uh, book one through book four. Oh, it's all of the, it's it's that's all of the the issues. Okay. It's it's basically the deluxe editions, but in you know the the thick paperback format instead. Mm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, five hundred twenty eight pages for thirty five bucks. That's you know. It's a bargain. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a heavy. Don't drop that on your foot. Yeah, all right, and then you got Nice House in the Lake issue 8 uh, yeah. coming out, so that's cool. Um, we got Ruby Justice League, the trade, I assume that is, and then uh, a few of the trades here that they've, for, you know, again, they do this every month now where they highlight a few trades above the the bulk yeah. of the books. Uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El issue 1, or sorry, volume 1, The Truth, uh, so that's the start of Taylor's run, of course. Uh, Midnight or the Complete Collection, this is the Steve Orlando series mm-hmm. yeah so. from late in the new 52 i believe that was yeah i, I tried it. it was not good although your mileage may vary people it, did yeah it's from the 2015 like series as well as midnight and apollo um and plus stories from dc cybernetic summer and the pride 2021 yeah. it's kind of just a steve orlando midnighter yeah it's just all the midnighter stuff that he did yeah. Uh, yeah i mean i don't think any of us are fans of steve orlando on this show but uh yeah. maybe yeah. once upon a time but yeah, I think he's, a, he's probably a cool guy, you know. So that's not bad. But yeah, but like I've tried yeah, multiple of his books, and every yeah, time I just miss me up... with his Justice League that I was stupidly excited for. Yeah. So, uh, Crushing Lobo, uh, written by Mariko Tamaki. Uh, mm-hmm. that trade's coming out. This is issue one eight. Um, I forgot that was her. To be honest, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm... yeah, I mean, people really liked that from what I heard. Like uh, everyone yeah. who read it enjoyed it. I just, I just don't want to read a Lobo book. I mean, it almost doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Aquaman the Becoming, the trade for that's coming out. Um, 
Teen Titans Go Undead? Question mark. Uh, so that's coming out. And then we're back to the proper single issues. So Action Comics 1042, uh, with the glorious cover of Superman jumping to defeat a giant beast monster oh, thing. This Federici cover. I'm so excited for Federici to be the main artist on this book. It, this feels like a cover to John Carter of Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. My only knowledge of that is the horrible movie that came out. Yeah, uh, but so just just know that that, you know, pulpy, you know, gladiator stuff on a red planet. Very much like that. Mm. Uh, so, cool stuff. Uh, Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target Issue 7. This is the final issue of this miniseries. Uh, that's kind of a neat cover. I mean, Green Arrow is a little bit weirdly skinny looking, but other than that, it's kind of a neat cover, like, overall. I, I really like the idea of it. There's just some of the details that have got that yeah. artificial sheen, like yep. uh, Green Arrow's goatee. Yeah. around his neck. It looks a little bit waxy. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, the splash of water, though, Aquaman under there, and like just the, the line of water where it goes from being above to below just looks kind of neat. Like, yeah. There's a, a nice concept there. Uh, Aquaman, sorry, Aquaman issue three uh, is coming out. So, you know, all these Aqualine books, you know, wrapping up or continuing. Uh, Batgirls issue five is coming out. Yeah, I'm just having a quick glance at yeah, the cutesy covers that I'm not super fond of. Oh, I like that third cover, though. Whoever they're fighting looks like they're in the House of Black, Pete. Um, On that main cover. On the main cover? Oh, yeah, I can kind of see, yeah. Right, you got the horns and the, the red and whoever this is supposed to be. I'm, I'm stupidly in still. I love a good cult. Yeah, it's just funny. I think both the second and the third covers there are both pretty cartoony, but the third one's way more appealing to me. Because the second one's a lot more, you know, yeah. The, the second one, this this second or the third one rather is a that's oh my god show. That's why. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Batman the Night issue four. Uh, we'll talk about issue one a little bit later. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, Batman Urban Legends issue fourteen. Oh no! The question. Can we, can we can we talk about some of the stories in this? Because there's some new stuff starting in this one. Uh, well, uh -huh. there, there was something actually I did read separately from this. Uh, there's a new Birds of Prey being established in one of the stories in this, which is going to yeah. be led by Lady Shiva and Katana. Yeah, that's uh, that's what's in the solicit text here. That's pretty exciting. Right. It's not Birds of Prey though. That's more of an outsider's thing. I mean. Katana, yes. Lady Shiva has a lot of history with Birds of Prey, right? But, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but the last time we saw her with Katana was in doing Birds of Prey stuff. Or Birds of Prey stuff, I'm sorry. Outsider stuff. I, I guess it depends who else is on the team. Just because it's led by them doesn't mean they're the only ones on it. Yeah, true. That's the weird thing, though. If, I, if like, Huntress ends Can't up on the be... team, I'd be like, why isn't Huntress the leader? <laughs> she's, the, she's the one who's, like, she's the Birds of Prey singer Man, here. <laughs> that that Mostert cover is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, that's Face. pretty good. Knees to faces. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's the notable thing coming out of that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so there is a question story in there too. Which which means I might be reading Urban Legends a little bit longer than the, the next few issues. <laughs> um, so That's how they get you. Yeah. Very nice. Well, by giving you things that you like. Just, just when I think something's <laughs> coming to an end, they're like, ah, but here's more. And I'm like, damn it, now I'm yeah, in again. I thought you said that as if it's a gotcha, Matt. I'm like, I don't know, just giving it you things it you is, like. No, it is a gotcha. Is... It's like, oh, I don't want this super long uh, question. Okay. Uh. <laughs> well, there's a Birds of Prey story. Oh, go, go on then. Yeah. E even if it uh... isn't, even if it's not a traditional Birds of Prey team, it's not like we've had a good Birds of Prey book in 
years anyway. So you just set him up. Well, I did nothing. Never mind. Uh, look at this blue and gold cover. This is um, cracking me up. Why? Why is Matt worried thinking I'm going to be upset by the idea of a Lords of Prey book? Oh, no, it wasn't that. I said, I said, uh, you set him up. But we're, we're just gonna move on. Booster Gold's given himself five no, stars. Oh, I understand. I don't understand why that set I, me up. I said it's because there's not been a there's not been a good bu uh, Birds of Prey book in years anyway, so they might as well try this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why would that upset me though? I don't understand. No, not upset. I said set up. You haven't flipped. Because I thought you were going to go into, oh, there's not a good movie either. And oh, okay. he, he, it just went over. So, yeah. I mean, I don't really care to talk about that uh, yeah. bad movie. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you got Batman Catwoman, mm -hmm. issue 11. So that's finally near its end <laughs> come April. You know, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. It'll finish eventually. Yes. Uh, Blue and Gold issue 8 uh, is coming, uh, which is full of quotes on the cover as if it's like a DVD for, you know, a movie yeah. that's been reviewed. Uh, streaming I, I... live or dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, JLA's best. Yeah, yeah, timeless epic, Rip Hunter. <laughs> Killer, Harley Quinn. Do you know what? It's a callback to Heroes in Crisis, which I don't normally want to be called back to. That's actually yep. mildly amusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also Super by Bibbo Babowski. Like, sure. Like, LA's Best by Guy Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Catwoman issue 42. Uh, so, again, we'll be talking about the first issue in this this new run by Tini Howard later. Uh, so, look forward to that discussion. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel issue 6 is coming out. So that's cool. Uh, Future State Gotham, issue 12. Then we have Harley Quinn, issue 14. Mm -hmm. I Am Batman, issue 8. Uh, Monkey Prince, issue 3. Uh, that is... Oh, is that not a miniseries? I feel like I, maybe, uh, I've had, maybe, maybe I've had this... Maybe it's an ongoing. Yeah, I mean, I've had this revelation before, I think. I think <laughs> I feel yeah. like I did this I last, last month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. this I, I like Yang. Um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed yeah. some of Yang's stuff, but I feel like this might be kind of. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, my favorite thing about Yang is definitely still New Superman. So mm -hmm. I wonder if you know, like, some of that magic is going to rub off in this. And yeah, it feels like he has a, a clean slate to kind of do what he yeah. wants. And you know, he's already having him interact with Batman and Robin, which yeah, because because the other things we've had him on have been a continuation of books he didn't start. You yeah. know, Batman, right. Superman, and uh, Terrific's, and in yeah, both cases, like his um. Superman smashes the clan. Like yeah, people, yeah. Big thing. Yeah, I need, yeah, yeah. I need to read that. Uh, Nightwing issue ninety one, which has a wonderful cover. May I? Mm -hmm. May I add? Uh, yeah. It's really simplistic, but you know, it's one of those things where a good idea is just a good idea. So. Yep, that is a phone background for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, so nice stuff. Uh, good, 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 good. Uh, One Star Squadron issue oh, five. <laughs> what are you on cheese of that? No, it's just, it's hilarious that they're picking up trash on the side of the road. Um, it's <laughs> very... the orange jackets out and everything. Yeah, it's just, it's very Mark Russell, you know, like... Is that, is that... Lieber. Does that bag say Lex Mex, as in there's a <laughs> a Mexican food place? <laughs> I I think it is. Owned by Lex purple and, and green in, in his colours. Because <laughs> when you think Mexican food, you think purple. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the first colour that comes to me. <laughs> it's in Lex's colours, is what I said. I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, dispu I'm disputing... Yeah. His brand awareness of, uh, okay. of using it on a Mexican restaurant. 
it's, well, I mean, it's, Taco it's Bell's primary color is colors purple. So, uh, at least here it is. Uh, well, I think that's yeah, Yellow Bell, though, right? Like, yellow is what I think of because of the bell. Yeah, but the the writing and everything around there, you know, is it's purple. Okay. Yeah. You know, the stores here are purple. And maybe they. Maybe you guys is the ones that you no, guys have. No, 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 yellow same. on purple is what but, I would have yeah. said. But yellow is the main color, and at least with that, it's like purple contrast with the yellow, which is why they use it. I, uh, no, nothing, nothing about this looks. It doesn't even the look. The green a, on the M is the primary color, and it's contrasting with the with the purple. I want Lexmax. All right, I the, the, that that M with the dots on in green. That's their. That's their bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, not that a bell has anything to do with, you know, tacos, by any means. Uh, <laughs> it does now. <laughs> but, you know, I, Taco Bell's just existed low enough that we just kind of think of it. Um, but the, the M looks like radioactive. It does not let me think food. It makes me think... My wife would argue that Taco Bell is also radioactive. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh... Especially when it comes to the next day. <laughs> Oh, that's, too much, it, that's, too, that's too much knowledge about Matt's uh, toilet visits for my liking. Uh, Refrigerator for the Heads issue 6, so that miniseries comes that's to an end. Cover. Uh, in, in April. That is a great cover, you're right. Uh, Robin's issue 6. Uh, that is a disturbing cover, honestly. I actually really like the cover. Obviously, we weren't big on the, the book, yeah. but I do like that cover. Yeah. Just conceptually. Her name's Jenny Wren. Are we really? Okay. <laughs> Uh, Rogues issue two. Speaking of good covers and it books that are exciting. Oh man! Also, I assumed this was going to be like a, a bi-monthly thing because it's the the oversized prestige. Right. But this was only solicited for issue one last month, right? Yeah. Uh, right. I remember just the guy ahead. You know, you got ahead yeah. and Leo Max. Leo been... Max. It's yeah, very Leo possible. Max. I just assumed, like all the other black label books that do this, yeah. it would be every other month, and it's not. That's a pleasant surprise. I'm sure. Oh, it'll only be to its benefit. I mean, I'm assuming by this cover they're sneaking into Gorilla City. Yeah. Yeah. So, very neat. Uh, Scooby-Doo, where are you? That looks like a Chupacabra. Actually, 115. <laughs> I love how, so I, I love how because Scooby-Doo is owned by Warner Brothers and they have a comic book, like, every time we do yeah. these lists, it's just this random Scooby-Doo issue mixed in with everyone. I'm, I'm always glad to see it's there, though. Yeah. Yeah, me too. This is basically DC's version of Star Wars, is they have the Scooby-Doo issue. <laughs> Every month. <laughs> Still two nine nine though. Credit to them. Ah, it has to put the kiddies, doesn't it? I I did try to read the where they went to Joker's hideout with Batman and uh, <laughs> couldn't get do it. It's not it's not for me. It's just not for me. It's fine. Wonderful. Uh, all right. Uh, there we have we have Suicide Squad Blaze issue two. Uh, mini series coming up. I did brush over Suicide Squad fourteen as well. Oh, sorry. That's quite right. So I did. Um, oh, the air one was upset about it though. No, I know. <laughs> no, if, if, no, if you're going to mention Scooby Doo, I think we should yeah. mention Suicide Squad. Looks like Superboy has been revealed to be Match, so that's kind of cool. I'm not yeah. going to read it still, but I, I will. Yeah. I will say the the Blaze book though, this Black Label book, uh, does yeah. have a nice cover. I'll say that much. I, I at first glance thought that was a Liam Sharp cover, and mm, I don't yeah. see Liam Sharp's name attached to it, so no? I'm assuming it's not. But my God, it looks like a Sharp cover. Aaron, Aaron Campbell or. Custina Kalita? I don't know why they won enough to know which one it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Superman Son of Kali issue 10. Yeah, not much to, to add, really. Although, that variant, cool. he looks like... I feel like I'm getting an actor off of him in that variant where he's flying above the city. Mm. Like, I'm getting... Who is it, though? I'm getting someone specific. 
know. I don't know. I'm getting someone. The I mean, hair it's... is very hook esque, Pete. It's very, it's very hook hair. You're right. Yeah. Send, send oh, John. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> send John. Send, send Kent. <laughs> uh, Task Force Z issue seven is coming out. Ooh. Uh, that's quite a fun cover, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I forgot that that's not a mini. Oh, yeah, no. it's ongoing, baby. Yeah. Uh, Same with Titans Academy. Yeah, Titans yeah, Academy issue fourteen. Yep. Uh, the Flash seven eight one. Um, Which you should be glad to know it's back to Jamie Adams. It's just taking that month off where it's being grabbed by something mm-hmm. else. I'll be honest, I forgot I even had that last month. So oh uh, good, snap! Good point to bring you up. You got an Eclipse War. Yeah, you're catching up on this, aren't you, Matt? I I need to. Um, I need to finish the Stars and Stripes first. And then I'm, I'll I'll go and look at that. Yeah, I feel I feel like you would uh, get into it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, you, you have the first arc to get through where he's like jumping from speedster to speedster, yeah. and then this past arc that's kind of still yeah. going. Uh, so fun stuff. Uh, Joker issue fourteen, which is the final issue, which is not a surprise. Uh, we knew at least Tiny was done with the book at that point. So yeah, there was always a possibility that I've wanted to carry it on just because yeah. Joker sells, yeah. right? But yeah, uh, the Swamp Thing issue twelve. Uh, oh, that's a cover. That's that's interesting too. Oh, and then the second cover is the, the Liam Sharp cover. Oh yeah, yes, but... oh that's very nice as well. Oh, oh, man. oh my, that is ethereal. That's that's all sorts of things. Uh, Wonder Woman Evolution issue six coming out. Uh, World of Krypton issue five. So that's nearing its end, and then then we're on the, the the trades and the the books and all that. We hundred bullets on was volume two being the first one there. So I guess they're. Yeah, just having a glance if there was anything notable. I guess uh, Doom Patrol by Rachel Pollock is getting an omnibus at last, because that's been notoriously uncollected, right? That's cool. Is it? So I just noticed in the Urban Legends Volume 2 trade, how many issues are they collected in those trades? Is that like three issues per book or something like that? Maybe four? Let's see. Uh, good question. This, is so this has the Outsiders Future State story. So that was how many issues? Three? Mm-hmm. Oh, unless they're just, like separating the stories out and saying, "Okay, here's all like of these two stories in one book," because yeah, it would be it would be weird to because those six part stories it'd be weird to only give you four parts of that. Yeah, and, and it's got a pretty hefty page count. A, a typical six issue trades, what about hundred? Yep. I think it's hundred forty four pages. They this is two forty four. Yeah, two forty four. So it's it's probably closer to like ten issues worth of content. Yeah, but not enough to be twelve issues. Or... Yeah, no. I, think this, 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 I don't think this has any of the six issues. I think these are mainly the three and four issue. Because so it's got the Outsiders Future State. It's got uh, Tim Drake with the kidnapped friend. So, so maybe volume. So maybe volume one is just the two six or the six and the five yeah. part from that first yeah. batch yeah. issues. I think it's interesting because obviously you have stories ending at different times. Yeah. Yep. You're well, probably not collecting them just issue by issue. You're probably yeah. collecting them as here's this story and then this story and kind of lumping them together that way. Yeah, yeah, probably. That makes sense. I, I just hadn't thought about it before, so I just saw volume two there and went, wait, how are they, how are they doing that? How are they splitting up? Uh, so, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Doom Patrol by Rachel Pollock, Omnibus. I don't even know what era that's from. I literally was just saying that was the no, the notable thing. You, every time on solicits... I was I, reading I something else! <laughs> yeah, uh, no, this is, the, um, this is the one that was just after Morrison's run. This is the one that's ah. notoriously uncollected and has been in, basically impossible to read. I mean... You can read it digitally now, but until recently, it's been a nightmare. Does it have a fan base? Do people like it? Uh, apparently, it's absolutely loved. Oh, uh, good. Well, excellent. Uh, universally, it's like, no, it, it took it in a, a different direction than what Morrison did, but 
everyone loved it. Okay, that's excellent stuff. Uh, Justice League New 52 Omnibus Volume 2. <laughs> oh my. Uh, I guess it makes sense. It is a John's run after all. I appreciate them just calling it the, the New 52 Justice League run. You know, there's no fancy name. It's, just, it's, it's not yeah. the, the Jeff Johns one. It's, it's the New this 52. It seems Justice. like this collects the uh, Dark Side War stuff because Tom King's listed there. Yeah, as it says. It's especially okay. Forever Evil up to oh, the end. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Man, if you haven't read that Tom King story, uh, uh, The God of Light, uh, go and do That's it. That's pretty good. That'd be my favorite thing he's ever written. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have minded if I'm just calling it Justice League, uh, the Jeff Johns omnibus, but it's the same time, at least this is including some issues by some other people that are tying yeah. in, so that yeah. makes sense to be a bit more broad. I mean, to be fair, that's all the best stuff. I mean, Forever Evil is the best thing in that run, I think. I like Dark Side War quite a bit. Um, I, it's I a little bit long. Of Dark but, Side War. I think it yeah. lost itself and kind of didn't... I, it it lasted a bit too long, I think. It dragged on a little too long, yeah. but... I think Forever Evil and the tie-ins to Forever Evil uh, are my favorite part of that run. So, it's uh, still probably like the best event we've had in the last decade outside of Doomsday Clock, which is kind of its own separate thing. Because you know, like tie-in and all that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do I like Forever Evil more than Isle of the Metals? I may. I do like how different uh, Forever Evil was, just because you had the whole Earth Three invasion and. Mm. You know, subverting those expectations, uh, the whole Alfred reveal and yeah. the. No, I mean not all the tie-ins were worthwhile, but I liked both Justice League and JSA mm-hmm. at the time, or Justice League Canada, whatever it was named at the time. Yeah. What, what it was going on, yeah. uh, like I, I liked I liked both of those going alongside the the event book. I mean, that's the most mm-hmm. I've ever liked. Cyborg was in that um, the Forever Evil Justice League story, where he's trying to fight Grid, and we're getting mm-hmm. kind of his a retelling of his origin. Uh, it was really really good. Yeah, in the GSA book, it was it was all Star Girl focused. Star Girl was like, yeah, yeah, dealing with stuff. So that was fun. And then the Justice League issues were all like, it was like, here's an issue about Ultraman, here's an issue about Superwoman, here's an issue about yeah. Power Ring, so on. So yeah, that was good. It was good complementary. I guess it's the only question, as as I imagine, it includes the Forever Evil issues in the Omnibus because you kind of have to. But mm-hmm. I imagine the GSA issues aren't in there, so maybe it's not the best way to read Forever Evil, but. That's always a compromise you get when you get a, a run, an omnibus of a run versus yeah. an omnibus of an event, though. That, that there's always that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just in this case, I actually would recommend some of the stuff that wouldn't be in there. So, yeah, um, that's true. Which isn't always the case. So there you go. That's uh, the solicits for April. Uh, Death of the Justice League being the standout bit of news mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, is there any other news? I believe Connor may have had something they wanted to add in. Did I? I never said anything. I thought you said something at the start. Maybe I imagined it. No, no, I'm going. I don't remember. I, I, I have a quick glance if you really want, but no, I, I don't no, remember no, saying anything. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's perfectly fine. We can move on and get into the into the books for the week. So let's do it. Uh, Detective Comics one thousand forty nine. Riko Tamaki writing. Ivan Reese on the art. This is the third part of this tower storyline. Mm-hmm. And Kenna picks up. Mostly kind of where we left off in the sense that we're following kind of the next part of Kate infiltrating as this Dr. Yeah. Fro. Yeah. Definitely the most sinister so far. Like, there's a lot of things that are going on at this that don't quite add up. Yeah. Um, just as well. Frau, not Fro. <sighs> Fro, sorry. It made, I, I just, normally I wouldn't care that much, but it made a big deal of in so the in German, her name is like... Dr. Lady. <laughs> what? Sure. He said Frau. Oh. 
Doctor Frau, Doctor Lady, Fraulein. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but it made a point of saying it was you know rhymed with with Frau, right? Yes, right. Which it, he, like the whole thing with where. I mean, it it, it did, but I I I don't think it's that important in the long run. I think. No. <laughs> if we, we're, just... we're still we're still gonna call her Kate. Yes. Kate, if if sure. Anthony, it was just an excuse so that he could do it with his name, so we know how to say his name. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Because up up until then, I was like, "Is it weird or where?" Yeah. Right. So yeah, um, we got that. And where it is, uh, yeah. So I think what I like about this issue, uh, in terms of where it is by the end of it, because uh, it does ultimately reveal that Huntress was already in there as a patient. Mm-hmm. She was infiltrated as a patient, and I like how this issue ties it more into what the Detective Comics one has been. Because mm-hmm. Huntress's state of mind and what she's been going through, where she's been like, you know, feeling and experiencing the the violent crimes around the city, that now plays into this, and it's why when Kate does get to her at the end of the issue, uh, she's like, "Oh, I don't need to go. No, I can stay in here." And she's very docile, and it's clear that whatever's happening to all the the all the mm-hmm. the patients is also being like whatever they're getting dosed with, whatever's happening to them to make them all nice. Is also yeah. happening to her, so she's acting a little bit out of character. But I, I kind of like the idea that she kind of knows this and accepts it because it's taking away the pain of these visions and like these right. things she's going through. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of a nice more as to touch. Why Dick was so worried about her last issue because mm-hmm. he was worried that exactly this was going to happen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then it gives us, the, and we'll get to the end in a bit, but like it gives us the dark ending where this vision kicks in and something's happening, and it's like, oh shit, she's in a really bad place. Yeah. And, uh, and there's certainly a hint that it. Dr. Ware is working with someone named Dr. Ocean, who's the pharmaceutical Yeah, we heard the name person. last issue, but yeah, we heard more of it this time. Yeah, and so we don't know what they did, and so it just it feels like something's up, because they also have people selling drugs, you know, within the confines of Arkham Tower. Yeah, this gang uh, that was brought up before is getting mm-hmm. their supply from the which was, again, was brought up before, but, it, like, we, we actually get a direct meeting in, in this issue where we see yep. him talking to the leader of the gang, and, like, okay, yep. so... They're talking about this through the supply chain thing going on. Uh, there's a theme in this issue as well about uh, talking about movies and talking about violence in movies. And like, mm-hmm. it's basically like Anna Volshin's like talking about her past in therapy. And it's like, oh yeah, this is something I saw in a movie and it was dark and I remember. But you see like the, these like moments of like all these bodies in a basement and you presume that, no, this wasn't a movie. <laughs> this this was just no, this was her, her, yeah. her life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. So... Yeah, and, yeah no, and they keep like, oh, this movie? No, that wasn't it. And it's like Serpico. Yeah. And trying to think some of the other ones. It's like they're not allowed to talk about violent movies, but they all do it right. anyway. And, they, like, right. and the doctors know they're doing it anyway. Um, it's just like, well, we're not really going to be able to stop them. Right. Can't really stop them talking. Yeah. Um, and then we get like one of the other uh, in, not inmates, patients. It's not even a they're... patient. This is a. So this is, this is a guy who works with the gang who's kind of in there as like a. Uh, I don't know what his job role is technically supposed to be, but uh, he's brought up later where when the, the so the gang leader's talking to Doctor Ware and Doctor Ware saying, "Hey, there's been a complaint about a patient." And at first, I thought, uh, or sorry, one of your people, right? And at first, I like it wasn't until the end of the page I got the implication that he was kind of like hitting on Anna Volshin, and it was like yeah. a like a harassment thing. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, he's he's getting kind of close with." And then I thought back to the scene earlier on where he comes up and sort of says hi and. Puts yeah. his hands well, on that's her not, shoulder. That's not who I was talking about. I was talking about Siphon. Oh, sorry, you're talking about Siphon. We, right. Yeah, we got the cutback that Kate recognizes him, and where her and Bruce were working on a case, and just all the bodies 
uh, for this guy. It's, it's again selling that. No, these are pretty vicious people that are in here. Yeah, these are yeah. traditional Arkham standards. These these are well, murderers, I, yeah, through and through. Yeah. yeah. And I and I like the idea that Tamaki is putting in new characters. These aren't, you know, we're not Clayface. We're yeah. not. I mean, it means that some unpredictability because she can kill yep. any of the ones she wants to by the end of the story. Right, and they, you case. know, or these are going to be like, you know, tying in creating characters to, you know, others to use down throughout. For sure, so, yeah. Which is, which is pretty cool. But yeah, no, the the one guy uh, that works with, with the gang that's also an orderly. Um, yeah, because Ware tries to, like, uh, say, hey, can you do something about this? And yeah. it, it's like, oh, can we just, can just kill whoever, like, noticed and made the complaint? And right. he's like, nah, nah, because it's like, it's the spy from the canal, so we can't just have her right. turn up dead yet. So, dude, so yeah. the writing makes it clear that he's not against that idea. He just, like, logistically, there's reasons why they can't do it yet. Um, so that's important. Now, the well, question is, obviously, the implication there is we know the spy from Nakano is is Chase. Yes. Right. Does Ware know that? Or was it someone else who's in there? Because Kate has a, has a moment with Anna and, and this guy, right? And it's like, it gets in the way. And, and there's a, like, maybe she was the one that reported it. And do they think that, oh, she was a spy from Nakano as well, perhaps? Is that maybe where they think it's she's possible. come from? Yeah, it's possible. Well, you know, because he says, I'm reading it now, because he's doing all this to get the funds from Nakano, right? Yeah. That's what he's putting on the face for. Um, and then the party crasher girl, who's the, the gang, says that, you know, we can get rid of the complainer because I need a dead employee too. The complainant is staff. Also, Nakano's plant has seen her. So, yeah, so they know that, um, they, they know that, that, that Kate's the one that complained. Yeah, but, and that but is Meridian that, is the Yeah, so what you're saying there is that yeah. Kate is the complainant, but they're not talking yep. about killing. They're saying no, but the, the spy has seen the complainant and like yes. right. everything. Is, is that, but they know Meridian is right. That's what I think that they're saying. Yeah, yeah it is. is. Yeah. Because yeah. well, well Meridian's okay. not even like a, a secret. Like I mean he's calling her no. a spy, but it's actually like right. all out in the open. Okay. She's there to assess it and like approve and gotcha. see if it's I didn't know if I missed something like yeah. it was supposed to not be known that Meridian is no, 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 no. It, it, it's all known. He's he's just gotcha. phrasing it in a like a, a like a a cagey way, a confrontational way. You know, yeah. he's he's looking at it as a hostile thing. Um, and it sets up this idea that okay, so this guy's like try to hit on the the, the patients, and it was very, it's very like you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, creepy, I guess it works, but I'm I'm looking for something more mm-hmm. specific because sinister. Sinister, yeah, because he... Yeah. It's, it's heavily implied that the reason why he's even doing this is because he knows they're all doped up on something to make Wait. them all calm. Predatory is the word. Yeah, predatory, yeah. that's a good word. Because that's kind of the, the big ending, right? Is that when, mm-hmm. like, he goes to the cell of Anna Volshin, he's, like, shocked and, like, terrified that she's not actually on whatever it is. And yeah. she's able to just, like, fight back and, like, you know, kill him. And the, the final of the book is Huntress, like, basically experiencing this violent crime with this new ability she's got and like just at lying in bed like and hearing the screams or the screeching and it's just it's really horrific and like really paints this like really and obviously like it, it does a good job of us like hate like we don't feel bad for this guy because he's a predator like yeah, you say no. right yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like okay like this is really set up that <laughs> anna's faking like being okay there's some i mean we, I mean, what's all going to go bad because the, the story's teased it and right but and it's case, like, is, is she taking the meds and they're not affecting her, or is she only pretending to take them? Yeah. Right, but she's clearly not violent the whole time, and she's not just biding her time, you would think, right? So whatever stuff they're doing kind of does work. 
Possibly. That is, right. you know, I think that's possible. Or she is, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, actually, I, I would say she is just faking it until, yeah. you know, time is right, maybe. Um, if I have any, like, minor critique of the issue, is that maybe, like, uh, Tamaki's voice for Cass is just a little bit wordier than I would have yeah. preferred. I felt that as well. Yeah. 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 It's not a big deal. You know, it's, it's one of those yeah. things where it's an ensemble, and different writers will have different, like, techniques to writing her, mm-hmm. so... Like it's just it's not much. It's just like there's an extra word or two. Uh, yeah, it's she's uh, there's lines like, no product with her now though. I think it's like just get rid of that though. Oh, yeah. No product with her now. Yeah, right. it's, it's not a big deal. But I do like the idea that okay, the so the gang leader comes out of the building and Cass is like tailing her and like so you get the sense still that they're all working together and like looking at all these different avenues as to like mm-hmm. yeah. So so there's a lot of build up where Kate changes into her Batwoman outfit and then goes to find Huntress and this confirms that she's there. We talk about that gorgeous first shot of her, like with the the shadow, which just yeah. that, which has like the mask coming out essentially. Sure, well, this is just up into the duct. Where she says, "I'm in." Uh, no, for for Huntress. Oh, for Huntress. Oh, Huntress. Uh, yeah. Huntress. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. shadow in the back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I, I, I mean, I hate to call it this, but it's the best comparison. It's the Phantom Menace poster effect. It is kind of. Kind of. Say what you want about that movie, and you, you can say lots of things about that movie. That- I won't argue, but. That poster is yeah. phenomenal still. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's something to do with Batman all the time, where the shadow will make the bat ears, yeah, even though it he's... Just... But it, it's, it's just, it always works. And yeah. this is nice, because it's, it's a subtle thing. It's not there all the time. And also, it's I think it's useful, because it tells you it's Huntress from a visual perspective, even before, you know, it, it tells you later on in the page. Don't get me wrong, but immediately, just as a visual clue, it's like, ah, this is Huntress. You know yeah. that, because that's there. Yeah, but of course, Batwoman set off a bunch of sensors, so... Even though she has to leave Huntress behind, she still has to like go through a bunch of guards. So we get a bit of action as they're all firing at her and you know, a bit, bit of stuff. She jumps out the window, uh, some nice panels. Uh, like I say, though, what I love about this ending is just this idea of like what Huntress's motivation is. And it actually makes complete sense with everything she's... With the Tamaki set up with that character mm-hmm. in the past like couple of arcs building up to this. So... That, that makes it feel really fulfilling. And it's, I mean, I think this this story will work well enough as a standalone thing, but it's actually a very nicely... It's still baked into the run. It, it still feels like it's, you know, it, paying it's off for us. some development for Elena that we really haven't gotten in, in a minute. Like, she's yeah. just kind of popped in and out. Mm-hmm. So to have her go through this and, like, actually, you know, feel like she's getting help for these visions. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and we're back at the base and, you know, Nightwing's, like, still pissed that that she's been left in there. Uh, and that's really just to that final couple of pages where this, this creep comes in and to, and you know, even the thing he says to her, because she says, uh, you know, he, or he says to her, Hey, Slate, you're not asleep. Maybe we should think of something to do. You know, even the way he starts his sentences, you'll get that predator vibe. Um, and he, he, Huntress's narration sort of plays out alongside this. So, and as soon as he says mm-hmm. that, she, you know, she says, Oh God, I can see it. So even before it like turns and it's actually him that's the victim of the moment, like mm-hmm. the horror at the moment's already sort of creeping in. And it, she, she mentions that, you know, her, like that, that tranquility she's feeling from whatever they're doing to the patients, mm-hmm. whatever they're giving them, fades away quickly. And, you know, she's lying there in the dark as she hears screaming. It, honestly, like, as far as like building up the story, con- continuing the threads, but adding this extra layer, because that's that's the big meat of this issue, I think, is this extra layer with Huntress and why she's wanting to stay in there and kind of like how her ability and what she's been going through is going to play into this now going forward. So, uh, really neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, d- I do think this is probably the weakest of the three issues so far. Not that it does anything wrong, but it's the most 
weekly paced issue. Uh, yeah. Weekly is in it's a weekly as per not, week. Yeah, uh, not that it's weak. Right. Uh, I do think, like I say, you know, this this extra element is the focus, the, the big thing. This issue with Huntress, I think maybe it should have spent like an extra couple of pages on that to flesh out a little bit more. Sure. Uh, yeah. um, maybe just seen a little bit more of Huntress, you know, during the day, perhaps on you yeah. know without uh, interacting Kate. with the different patients. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because yeah, we get a few pages of like uh, Kate and and Chase talking, mm-hmm. you know, over coffee, like before she starts her shift. Uh, yeah. Which which has got some important stuff in there. It drops some details about you know this Doctor Ocean and yeah. you know whatnot. But yeah, um, and it, I think it suffers a little bit in the sense of, okay, next week's is the end of this act. It's going to be a big issue. It's oversized, mm-hmm. and it's going to be you know the the end of this first part of the story. I kind of feel like it's spinning its wheels a little bit in the sense of it's just like, all right, okay, we're getting there. We're getting, you know, and it's just waiting for this event next week to kind of, okay, now to propel us into the next stage of the story. Mm. But it's not bad. I, mean, I, think, I, think, I think that's fine because it, it, we are going to ramp it up. I mean, they kind of tip their hand at the first issue with, mm-hmm. with you know, the kind of more diehardy aspects. So... Yep. I, I do like going and seeing the stuff that's been happening there and, you know, kind of a wild card like Helena is, at least at this point. And we know that Ware gets thrown out, but that leaves Dr. Ocean still. So yeah. I was like, is Dr. Ocean the one behind all this and Ware's just the yeah, fall guy? In that first yeah. issue, we were speculating as to whether Ware was even dead or not or whether it right. was even him necessarily. Right. Uh but now that we've introduced Dr. Ocean as this other entity or, mm-hmm. you know, that's above him, that maybe we don't need Ware as much as we thought we did when we read yeah. that first issue. Well, and, and he's coming off, too. Like, the first time we see him, he's all this, you know, camera-ready type guy. But behind closed doors, it seems like this is just about money, you know, mm. and he doesn't actually care. And it was that attitude that is going to lead to... Or, or even more so, because that last issue kind of implied that it, it's, it's not even just so much it's about money. Like, he hates mm-hmm. people who go to right. mental hospitals. So there's right. maybe more of a, it's, it's, he's got a goal, but the goal's the opposite of what he's right. claiming it to be. Right. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, and obviously Ivan Reese's art, it's Ivan Reese, uh, yep. you know, mostly. A, a little weak in points, as much as I like him drawing Dick, that this one is just, I don't, maybe it was the, the inking mm. or the coloring down in the, you know, their makeshift cave. It just it felt a little bit weird. Like, it wasn't bad. It just it felt off for me. But everything else looks fine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I had to have some lead time because he's doing like four in a row or, yeah. or whatever it is uh, of a weekly comic. And I, you know, I, I did feel a little bit of a rushness here. Like again, like I think his cast, yeah. like yeah. the body proportions felt a little bit. I don't know, tall, I guess. Uh, when she's up in the gargoyle. Yeah, um, yeah I can see that. I mean, that was not a big thing, but it's just, just little things like that, like here or there, you, I just noticed a little bit of offness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much dependable, Ivan Reese. It's not yeah. his best work by a long shot. Yeah. I don't think anyone... Yeah. I don't think he would claim it is. But it's still fairly no. solid, and I would say there's still moments that look good on the roll. There's still, you know, the Huntress page, a couple of the Batwoman pages. I think that the final page is probably the best page of yeah. the image uh, of the book, just you know, it, that image of just, you know, the the harsh kind of bluish light coming from mm-hmm. the doorway. It lands the narrative point in feeling that it wants to. Uh, She's isolated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It, you know, it's perfect. Even the stuff at the start where it's the going down the stairs and the bodies are there and it's all dark and moody. Like, all that stuff mm-hmm. looks great. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, then we have the backup, continuing the story uh, of 
the little ginger who's an orphan. Yeah. <laughs> the little ginger who could. Um, and he's being picked on because Bruce sends him like a lot of things at the orphanage. Yeah. People like, pick on him as being like, ah, you've got you get rich presents from your rich daddy who's not really here. Uh, and this brings in Jonathan Crane into the story, which is an interesting this direction. Is the last person who should be working around kids. I uh, know he's he's, <laughs> he's working there. He actually gives the kids some advice. Uh, yeah. And of course, like he he mentioned something what was those those last things. I hope you know, hoping and dreaming, you know, for things will be different won't change that. And then it cuts to like his nightmare that night, and obviously Scarecrow has dosed him with a little something yep. to give him a little bit of a not just him and Bailey, <laughs> he's dosed all of the kids. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, so the kid wakes up and Scarecrow's standing there. <laughs> I I appreciate that he's like, oh shit, he's gonna scream. Okay, quick. Mask off. It's yes. me. You know me. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. I'm, I'm just studying some some things. I just nothing 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 dangerous. Nothing you know it, creepy. It does remind me of Killian Murphy's Scarecrow though, of how quickly he pulls off the mask. It was mm. like, oh, it's I, just me. Just just kidding. I just... think that uh, that panel uh, the bottom left where he's you know opening the window. Mm. Yeah. I think it's very clearly inspired by Killian Murphy. Uh, yeah. You know, like the, the face, the, the hair, the all hair in. down in his face. Yeah, I can yeah. see a lot yeah. about that. Uh, so. And and this is obviously meant to be early days Batman because it's this is you know mm-hmm. way back when, and yeah. we we see that the next day the kid gets attacked again by a bully and like the nun who's there is like oh that kid gets picked on every day it's such a shame and they're going to intervene and, and Crane's like no 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 let's see if it plays how it plays out <laughs> this time and sure enough the 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 kid fights back and starts scratching and clawing and punching at him and they have to break it up and Crane's like well. That'll put a stop to that then, won't it? <laughs> He's all mm-hmm. all happy with himself. But then my favorite part of this story actually, and I wasn't expected to go in this direction with Scarecrow, because this was a completely new like chapter of this where it, yeah. you know it didn't just follow on from before. Uh is the kid wakes up again and there's no one there. And because he's kind of overcome his fear, it feels like the gas just doesn't really affect him that much. It doesn't work on him, right? But all the other kids have been led out in an almost like zombified state, uh, almost like a, a pied paper kind of thing this this might be the most terrifying like i i've said this about scarecrow and we talked about in in the the fear state stuff how it really took him up a level Mm -hmm. this panel of him leading all the kids to the van legit the most terrifying he's ever been to me it's very um animated series scarecrow yeah, yeah. It, it even has a more, he's got a more classical scarecrow look in this as well. Yeah. Which which is uh, presumably before he's gone public as scarecrow. Yeah, right? I, I would have thought right. so. Yeah, uh, which also makes sense again, given it's an early days Batman story. The idea that he used to have his classic look and then you know at some point it's graduated evolved. to what yeah. we got recently. Yeah. Uh, and the kid actually makes the choice to go with them. Mm-hmm. Like he actually he throws a a rock at the window, and he chooses to go in and he's like in the you know the window at the end there as scarecrow says and children tonight we're going to murder bruce wayne so that's a cliffhanger for so he's it's so over the top i, I love it he's, he's taking a dozen kids to murder bruce wayne at his mansion or some some or um, something to that effect we're we about to see bruce wayne punching and kicking kids and i'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. I mean, as far as like, where the story is going here, obviously though, this kid kind of fears Batman. You do wonder if he's going to like uh, be faced with this. Like, you know, d- does he ultimately realize that Batman isn't against them and that he should fear Scarecrow or go against Scarecrow, or is or, or is is this the story of a villain in the making? Are we just going to uh, keep going further down this path? Yeah. Uh, well, it seems like the only people that are nice to him are the villains. It's right. That's, that's, yeah. It, it, 
I mean, I mean, in the first first uh, part, even even Joker was kind of nice. I mean, even he was maybe faking it, but he, yeah, but like even in the first part, though, like the like Gordon was pretty compassionate to yeah. him, but he still ended up at Arkham. Yeah, but it was Clayface trying. Yeah, it was Clayface right? in issue two. Yeah, and now it's Scarecrow and like. He used you know. scared Joker as well, though. He mentions that. That's in the true. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and Crane's like, yeah, that, that's pretty but reasonable. Are we going to get to a point where by the time we've had all 12 chapters of this, there's like half of Batman's rogues gallery have been nice to him and he's like, mm-hmm. going to stick up for it. He's like, yes, these are nice upstanding citizens. You know, I almost would think like, yeah, <laughs> that's almost what the Arkham Knight uh, origin should be. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. It's the person that sticks <laughs> up for, for the Arkham people. You know, and, and to us, it looks like a villain, but to them, they're very well, you know. That's fine. Um, they have the reasons. But yeah, no, this is really good. Rosenberg constantly, like, this is someone that I wasn't that familiar with. I, I am shocked, even though it's went through a few different creators at this point, that the backup mm-hmm. and detective has been consistently worth reading, like, since yeah? we had Probably the only one that's it. been that consistent, right? Oh, oh not even close. Yeah. Nothing else has even been close. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, all right, so rate uh, both the main story and the backup then Matt and I am noting these give... down I am noting these down I've got this That's ready I'll, I'll give the the main story a 7.5 and I'll give the the backup an 8 uh, cool Connor uh, main story is a 7 backups an 8 and I thought we were just doing overall scores no for these I'm just taking the main score it, it was only for Urban Legends okay. because it's they're kind of all equal so Oh, fair enough. Whereas this, I can just take the main, you know, the main score. Uh, I mean, I'll basically give it an eight to the main story. I really like what it did with the Huntress inclusion and like what's driving her, and there's some good creepy moments in it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Uh, so that's cool. All right. So that'll take us on in Nightwing issue eighty-eight. Uh, Tom Taylor writing, Bruno Redondo on the art, and uh. <sighs> This this is the first book everyone reads, right? No, I, I save it for last. I, I oh, for the same reason, like for me, it's oh, I'm excited, but for you, it's saving the yeah. best. For last, uh, right? Also, 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 it's one of my physical books, so I try to read. Sure. So it's because I I spend money physically to do it, but yeah, but yeah. Um, well, also, you have to wait till you get them. Whereas the digital books, you can. <laughs> it's just right there. You can yeah, get yeah. into earlier in the week. Um. Um. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, that, that's, that's what's the first thing I would say uh, about this uh, basically perfect issue of a comic book is... <laughs> just let Tom Taylor do whatever just he wants. Not, not, to, not to spoil any, you know, minutiae of the thoughts. Yes. I like this more than the last issue. Yeah. I, 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 so, I know the last issue was amazing. It was that, uh-huh. you know, that, that yes. amazing one For shot different reasons, though. Like, they're both great for different reasons. This is much more my vibe. This is, if anybody ever wants to know why I love Dick Grayson as a character so much, it's this issue. I'll just yeah. hand him this issue and go, he kind of is the crux of the DCU. And, you know, he is that heartbeat. He is, and this is why. It's not just because he's Nightwing or Robin or because of who Dick Grayson is. He's kind of the child of the DCU. And that's why it's um, perfect that it starts off with a, a full page yep. spread of him just looking at the city, his city, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, yep, it's just that. Here, here's, here's Nightwing, uh, you know, in all his glory. Uh, mm-hmm. And it sets up, you know, and I actually love this two-part tease at the start where both uh, Blockbuster and Babs both have their own, basically the same conversations where Blockbuster's yeah. talking to an assassin of some kind saying, okay, so you're going to do this today, right? Yep. Yeah, by the end of the day, Dick Grayson's going to die. 
and then on Bab's side of things, she's talking to someone, and do you know what's you know funny? I, I, I was trying to guess it from the computer screen, like who it was, yeah. and I was like, you know what? If I was to guess who this person is based on those shoulders, I would say Mr. Terrific. And then when the Titans show up later, I thought, oh, that's fair enough. It's, it was just a representation. But then yeah. Mr. Terrific actually showed up, and I felt like a goddamn genius. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Uh, can we talk that the the art on these two pages is spectacular? Mm-hmm. Like both of them have the exact same layout. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the only difference being the location on the, si- the left. The size of the building, obviously, is the much size of the, smaller. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's small, <laughs> relatively speaking, small. It's still like you know four or five stories, whatever it is, but comparatively small versus yeah. the big skyscraper. Well, you know, and it's huge it's, towering it's, monolith. Right, and the difference between Dick Grayson and Blockbuster and what they want to do, right? Yeah, it's it's ones. It's, Again, relatively speaking, at street level, yeah. living with the people, the other right. one is towering above everything, well, looking down. Right, and even and even color schemes is... as well. You got the red on the the blockbuster page from the screen green. with the assassin, and then you got green obviously yeah. on all the oracle screens. So, but yeah, so it's like Dick wants to build up the city, right? And blockbuster almost wants to tear it down. I don't think right? he wants to tear it down. He just wants to lord over it. Yeah, I also look down well, on he... it. Yeah, but no, yeah, that's what I mean by tear it down. It's like it's not like Bloodhaven sucks, and it, it benefits him to keep it that way you know he doesn't want it to he doesn't want dick grayson to put in all of this money to make the city better because when the city's better and the people care about each other blockbuster can't do what he does and again it's so funny that to me this is a daredevil story but with smiles instead of you know misery um yeah like Everything yeah. about like they're almost even a Batman story then. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. But you know, like there's always a darkness to to um. I I, I get where he's coming from. It's very right? Daredevil esque as opposed to feeling. Well, more right, like, to be fair though, I think the character yeah. of Nightwing and Daredevil have been heavily compared for decades yeah. at this point. This well, is not just, a new no. Comparison. And even the cut of a blockbuster always reminded me of Kingpin. You know, the, like the, it can't ever be a. a you know, yeah. The, the, the fact that this run I have often thought about as being like very comparable, specifically to the Wade Samney Daredevil mm-hmm. run, and, and the color te- you know, yeah. tones and everything and all that. Um, He's gonna bust in a shirt that says "I'm not Nightwing." <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Because the whole point of this issue is I'm not Dick Grayson. Yeah, yeah. Nightwing is going to wear "I'm not Dick Grayson" I'm on his suit. Grayson. There you go. There you go. Right? But yeah, it's and just Redondo here taking time and like getting the as great as those big shots of the city are like that opening page is beautiful yeah this all is... the little stuff the interactions between all of the characters in this one oh yeah I, is what well, sells it for me what's beautiful about this so you got these teasies dick's gonna go to this you know groundbreaking of the it's basically mm-hmm. it's this the area all the homeless kids were, were staying and they're going to build yep. something there that actually helps homeless kids uh and that's the whole idea right so he's going to make this speech mm-hmm. and he's insisting that babs and the dog shouldn't come but they're like no we're coming Tough, mm-hmm. you know, tough titty dick. This, I know, I know what you're like, but we're you coming. Breakfast yep. from Tomasi's Deli. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, I didn't even noticed that. Actually, it's a nice, nice. Catch. Oh, there's this one's full of them. Yeah. Um, and so obviously we have the we have the sniper already there, and we have all this going on, and we hear the bang and all the rest of it. Um, what I love about this is that j- just you know before it reveals the rest of the team, which is obviously mm-hmm. great and fun in all of its own ways. The idea that Babs, even if it was just the one person, like if she just because the first person you see is Starfire, who's who's yeah. the one who, who actually blocks the very funny, who blocks the bullet and like you know bends the gun, and I was like mm-hmm. the idea that Babs reaches out to Starfire, Dick Grayson's ex, <laughs> to be like, hey, come and help protect Dick because someone's yeah. going to try and kill him. Yeah, it's just and, and more certain... important things. 
yeah yeah it's just it's just it's just very wholesome but then the fact that you you, know, you go through that that two-page layout and it ends with like donna troy like just like crushing the bullet in her hand yeah and uh or your piece sorry it's your piece it was when i got to this this page stuff i said i'm like oh yeah and then you know you go across and you see and you go oh yep. all the titans are here clearly yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be all of them it, they're all yeah there. well and then, I'm, and like, then i'm gonna know, love this issue yeah and then babs on the next page is like yeah i can see starfire and then there's a green eagle sorry you're like oh, okay we're we're yeah, doing this. It's, the, his, it's his team. The only downside to this is that it makes you sad that some of these characters aren't in a better book currently right now to enjoy. But that's like that's not t- Taylor's fault. But that's okay. This makes it feel more special to me because like when I saw Starfire, I got pumped because mm-hmm. you know because you love seeing Starfire and absolutely. Well, yeah, but I don't. Fun. I'm not reading her monthly in a book right now, right? Mm. So like, and then when I see Beast Boy too, who I also yeah, well, well, in, well, just to yeah. sort of go into like the the minutia of this, right? So. Mm-hmm. Those two appear to take out the first sniper. That's Gun Bunny. Yep. But there's a... What was the other one? Gun something. Gun Hawk. Gun Hawk. There you go. So, but Gun Hawk's still out there because uh, they work in mm-hmm. pairs and Babs is familiar with them enough to know this. Uh, yep. So, I'm sure the next person to swoop in is Wally, right? So, I, mm-hmm. I love that even though Wally's moved on and he's the Flash now, it's like, no, no, he's still going to swoop in. There's still going to be Titans. It's fine. Yep. Um, and he's like, have you got a costume with you? Uh, no, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I love the end of this page. What are you going to choose, uh, Peggy Pack or Cradle? I love that. I love that question. <laughs> neither, neither that dignified. Well, you got to pick one. Yeah, I like that. You can, we go a couple of pages until yeah. we come yeah. back to it, and then it's like, Piggy Bag it is. Yes. <laughs> chose the Piggy Bag, did we? Yeah. So, yeah, Mr. Uh, Terrific obviously is not part of the Titans traditionally, but he is uh, here. I like seeing him. Yeah, but like... he, he is here because he has helped design a new version of Nightwing suit. And it looks, you know, visually it's the same, but. It's, the stripe goes down his arm and yeah. onto his over his hand now. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, finger stripes. But it's uh, it's, it's you know, it's it's it's, it's thin. He can wear it under his clothes, and it's still bulletproof. So the idea being that even if he gets like shot at as Dick Grayson, he'll still mm-hmm. you know take stab care proof of. as well. Stab proof, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's you know he's working on it because it's real hard to make well, armor. You I, know, I think it's easy to, to just say that as ah, it's the throwaway techie comment. Given that, and again, we're reintroduced to the you know the, the man grabbing the hearts in this issue, which right. you know it's been a little while since we've de- dealt with that. Yeah, the fact that it's it's a uh, you know this is d- better defending against pointed objects than most of yeah. the suits traditionally are. I think yeah. might actually be important given the way yeah. the tool that he uses to get the hearts. Yeah. I mean, sure, yeah, uh, but ultimately it's it's here because the dynamics have changed a little bit. And his life as Dick Grayson is actually a little bit more dangerous than his life as Nightwing is right now. I mean, that's even a joke yeah. at the start, is that he went to get breakfast as Nightwing because going as Dick gets more att- attention at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a joke. And Blockbuster's so determined to have him killed that he had, like, a failsafe in place if the assassins didn't, didn't mm-hmm. succeed. So he's got, like, a squad of, like, thugs who come in. And uh, it's like, okay, so this, this is basically, okay, the Titans have got a, a group of people to fight, and this is where the rest of them show up. And we see Beast Boy, Raven, Cyborg. And we got a full page spread, you know, big Titans together, all that nonsense. Uh, and it's just delightful. It's this idea that everyone who cares about Dick, like showing, and it's not even everyone. It's just, it's just the Titans, no. right? That's that's who Bob's putting the call to. It's mm-hmm. the Titans and Mister Terrific. Yes. Well, and you gotta go because the tech kind of <laughs> side of yeah. things. And I'm sure we all enjoyed Starfire basically saying, "Try me, Blockbuster. Go on, try me." I love it. <laughs> I, and I, I, I love mean, when they I make Starfire doing anything. Yeah, I love it that people tend to forget because a lot of people are more um, familiar with Starfire from the animated Teen Titans show, right? So they see her as the teenage version, but people forget like she's taller than most heroes. So the fact that you see her 
and then Blockbuster's still bigger than her, and she's telling them try me. Like I, I love it. Yeah, you know? but it's this idea that yeah, if they actually physically fight, like this is one one of the few people mm-hmm. that Blockbuster will get his ass handed to him by. Yeah, you know, there's like her Superman, you know, and a few you know, other obvious I, I examples. Love the, the Beast Boy just Beast pops Boy. In. Yeah. It's, it's like Trace. this is so so Titans, right? Yeah. Maybe Tom Taylor's working on a Titans book. Don't get your hopes up, Matt. Don't get your hopes up. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe one day in the future. Let's not not jump to it. How many times did we bring up him writing Superman? Sure, he's writing John, but we finally got it. We brought up him writing Nightwing, right? I I think he is writing a Titans book, except it's called Revolutionaries. We'll we'll get there in, in, in John Kent's book. Um... But yeah, but yeah, no, Beast Boy here. This is peak Beast Boy for mm-hmm. me. Um, so yeah, then we go to uh, the, the, the assassin did get away, you know, Gunhawk. Uh, or yep. Gun, right, Gunhawk. Gun, Gunhawk, yeah. the guy, Gun Bunny's the girl. Yes. I, for, I wanted to correct myself and call him, call him Hawk Bunny there. <laughs> I was like, this, Hawk Bunny. Yeah. That's a weird thing. But yeah, uh, so... Yeah, we got Heartbreaker, whatever he's... Did he have a name? I'm forgetting. Heartless. Heartless, there you go, that's the one. Right, so Heartless is there, and he's basically saying, hey, I've got dibs on Nightwing's heart, and you try to take that from me, so I'm not very pleased about it. I like, I like the little touch here as well. Uh, so one, I, I like the idea that he's pissed about this and he's intervening, so it keeps it keeps that thread of him being like this underlying menace as the rest yep. of the plots are going on, which is really cool. But I love this little detail here at the end where... He basically wants to make sure that he actually cares about someone and that someone will care about him being gone yep. because it makes the heart more, I don't know, tantalizing or valuable yeah. to him. It has no worth otherwise. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he has his big uh, phallic, like, extractor gun thing that goes out and takes it. Slunk. Yeah. I mean, that's I literally the, the sound effect that they've put in there, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I was reading it. Mm. So, really good stuff. Um, you know, we, we got the Superman team up next issue mm-hmm. which is cool yep and then that's oh, that's a two part right it's one yeah. behind this and one part in yeah, yeah so it's yeah. one month it's a one month thing because it's yeah yeah god man these two and just redondo john all my favorites oh uh, yeah i mean they are they are as fun i mean we mentioned a lot of those first few pages but yeah think... everything with the titans that full page spread I, I think my favorite page of the Titans though is probably that reveal of Starfire and Donna Troy. Yeah. I, I think that that the way it goes from one side to the other, I was like, okay, Starfire's mm-hmm. an X, of course she would show up. But then when it's Donna, it's like, no, no, the entire original That's... New Teen Titans have shown the, up. The the so I I was managed to be uh, spoiler free throughout, so I hadn't seen any of the images or anything. I just saw people talking about how great this was. And then when I saw Corey go, oh, we're getting the Titans, aren't we? I, I saw people talking about how good it was as well, but I see that every month when Nightwing comes out, so I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, no, me neither. And that's why I was just like, and so when I, when I finally read it this morning, it was just, it was such a joy. It was just uh, happiness. So it, yep. Yeah, there's it was, it was one of those things where I'm getting towards the end of the issue, and I'm just kind of thinking, like, this is basically just perfect. Uh, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is the next perfect issue and what's mostly been perfect mm-hmm. issues. There's been a couple of slightly less than perfect issues. That's about it. Yeah, the Fair State Titans weren't the best, but they were still very readable. Yeah, they were, they were still very good. good. Not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't know, this, this, is, this is like an all-timer run. Like, if this keeps this up, this is up there with like, all of my favorite runs that I can think mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Uh, where it's something special and... This this is going to be a, a perfect Omni down the line, right? Hopefully multiple volumes of an Omni. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, even if it's just one big one, I'll take it. Yeah, one of those 1,500-page beasts. Yeah, yeah, like, like, a good, like, 12 to 1,500 pages, yeah. I mean, the last time I really felt this way about a book was Aaron's store, where it was, like, every yeah. issue, I'd be like, oh, my God, that's so good. I have to wait a whole month now, you know? Um, yeah, and that, that, kept, that is a ball, like... That, that, that kept it uh, up, up until... I mean, we had three different series at that point that had become, you know? For so years, that was right? yeah. Before that kind of started to taper off towards the end of his run, you know, so Taylor's got, you know, a I just, lot to work for. I love that Tom Taylor came in after winning the prestigious Book of the Year award uh, from us uh, in yeah. the last few and, weeks. And everyone else, admitted. Right. Mm-hmm. And came in and says, well, I'm keeping Macron this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good start. Yeah, Good start. It, it's <laughs> probably just going to be a formality, isn't it? Uh, come <laughs> the end of this year. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Action Comics could like that 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 story that's been told. Could... I, I would say Action Comics individually as a book might potentially rank higher. Yeah. That that is remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But as a writer, Taylor's doing too many different books to I think probably compete with. So I feel like with like Nightwing versus Action Comics, like I feel like Action Comics is like this juicy steak, right? And you got your potatoes and whatever. It's like a full, great meal. Whereas I feel like Nightwing's your favorite comfort food, where it's just always there, and it might not be like to other people. Like oh, I think that fine, I, I think guess. that is an insult to Nightwing to use this this metaphor. No, because no, I, I rather I have I rather have my comfort food, right? And I say this as a Superman fan. Then go and eat a, a, a fancy steak. You know, that's I, I, by I all means everybody say, else is this issue. We're all like, oh, this is like damn near perfect, right? Right. But if you didn't care, like let's say you've never read any Nightwing before, you're coming mm-hmm. into, you know, with this run because you like Tom Taylor. This issue doesn't have quite as much weight for you, right? Because you know, the, all that stuff with the Titans, it's just oh, that's history. That's it's it's still yeah. well written. You you'll still enjoy it. But I doubt it will have quite the same impact right. that it does for us. I think well, that's sure. where it was being Comfort food. Right, and that's why I didn't say a specific food because everyone's favorite like comfort food is different because it makes them feel. Well, no, but a I, different I'm way. not. I'm not disputing that part. I'm disputing the idea. Like I think you call it comfort food. To me, comfort yeah. food is like if I'm just to go to movies because it's easier yeah. to think of an example. Yeah. Comfort food is the schlocky movie that's not really that valuable as a piece yeah. of art. Whereas th- yeah, that's why no. I'm disputing it. This this is more than yeah, comfort yeah. food because it's better than that. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying for comfort food is, like, it's the meal that makes you feel happy and warm, like, inside. You know, for me, it's, like, biscuits and gravy. That's not everybody's favorite, but, like, that's my happy food. And so, um, and that's what Nightwing is for me. As much as I love action, and action's really good, and it's telling, like, this, like, big important story in the, in the scheme of Superman and what it means with Mongol, and there's these underlying themes. Those are still there with Nightwing. But it's just it feels like a warm hug versus that, and I'll I'll take the warm hug over. But that's again that's just me, you know. Other people will take the steak over the comfort food every time because they just like that. What I'm hearing here is that this is the expanse to Action Comics, Mister Robot. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> sure. Car- Carter's getting me. No, I get you. Yeah, <laughs> Carter's getting me. Yeah. Carter's good. All right. Just before we break, I just talk about one tiny art touch that I love. It's a tiny little detail. Okay. Um, so it's right at the end where mm-hmm. uh, Heartless is slamming Gunhawk against the wall. It's the mm-hmm. panel where he's like, who hired you? He's yeah. got the hand on the throat. 
and he slams him against the wall. We don't see the wall, but he slams him against the edge of the panel, and just it breaks his head just slightly through the panel, and it cracks into the white border, and it's just this extra touch that where the the border then becomes part of the issue. So good, I, I gotta look this thing. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah I gotta it's look this up real end. quick. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, well, well Matt's having a look then. Uh, Matt, give us your rating. Ten. <laughs> okay. Ten. Yeah, it's ten. I, I, it was it was the first day I read, and I was like, God damn it, nothing else this week's gonna match up. Like, there's no chance. Yeah, I'm also going ten for the record, <laughs> just in case it was in doubt. When once Connor <laughs> said he liked this one more than the last one, which the last one was great, like a visual. I've never mm-hmm. read a comic like that. That's fantastic. I was like, okay, we're lining up on this. Yeah, I was, I was like, maybe I'm tipping my hand because I think I gave that like a, a nine yeah. or something. Just yeah, like, or maybe a nine point five. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I gave it a high score. Yeah, I was like, it's, 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 it was always a ten. As soon as I read it, I just knew that no, that's a ten. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just know a ten when you walk into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is basically yeah. what it boils down to. Uh, all right. Superman, Son of Kal-El, Issue 7, Tom Taylor writing with Cian Tomei on art. Mm-hmm. So, See, yeah. Unfortunately, lesser of the two Tom Taylor books, but by no means bad. I, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, just by comparison, it is the lesser. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing about Son of uh, Kal-El, right, is how brisk it is to read. Like, and it, it moves. And that's, you know, that's the, the writer and the artist working in conjunction. Because every time I get to the end of this uh, book, I always go to flip the page and there's nothing there. Mm. Like, because uh, I get that wrapped up in it. And and while, you know, this one had, you know, monsters and Superman, you know, trying to preserve that monster versus this, you know, super green Gamoran guard, uh, which cracked me up as a Star Wars fan because it's almost... Right, Connor? Gamorian, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just again this is tom taylor just working at a level and like pete and connor both just said it's lesser but just because nightwing is that much just greater it's um, it's doing because nightwing is doing this whole thing where it's like it's it's very down to earth in yeah. terms of its style this yeah. here is intentionally it's larger than life we're dealing with these massive it, you know kaiju it, monsters and I, yeah. nightwing also i think inherently feels like some sort of like grand opus about who dick grayson mm-hmm. is and why he's important as a character because yep. it's tapping into so many facets of dick grayson and all that mm-hmm. and it's not that this isn't like tapping it because this is building more new because john's a relatively fresh character so it's like yeah. you know we're establishing what his legacy is we're establishing uh all these things uh so so in time it might be you know, might look back yeah. at it and go oh it's, this this did all these this, things this is a, a foundational piece for yeah in a way yeah, but it, nightwing is isn't it's it's accumulation of, of Nightwing, right? Whereas this and, is the, the, the beginning is more or less still. Of, and of and I feel with Nightwing, what also Taylor wants to say, you know, about, you know, Dick using his billion to, to do good. And, you know, he's telling a story about the real world through that way. I feel like Superman, it's a lot more, it's not as nuanced. It's very in your face about it. Like here we get a lot of climate stuff um in in border stuff throughout this which is great because you should use superman to talk about that kind of stuff yeah um, definitely not as nuanced and not that it hurts the book at all but it it doesn't have that like you guys are saying the down to earth of the other one yeah i mean so the issue starts with a bit of a tease of like the monster destruction to come but once we actually jump back till the start of the story 
um we have john being introduced into the revolution you know the group uh the you know is, is behind all this sort of yeah you know they're behind the truth which is yeah. you know about the, uh, including know, chaos k i'm glad he brought chaos k back i'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> and thylacine yes. so it feels like the revolutionaries and the truth are you know from the same neck you know i, I would definitely venture a guess now that we're gonna get to some of the rising yeah being responsible for them and uh um, jay goes by gossamer and gossamer which is a weird so weird and uh, but gossamer is a thread right you, you follow the thread um yeah let's find the I guess truth that plays in the the journalist angle right yeah, yeah. that's that was a weird name to go off of but I, I made it work in my head yeah so yeah i do like that you know he tells john he can wear a mask and he picks up a domino mask which just always cracks me up it's very yeah. uh damien-esque mask yeah yep. yes there's uh but he you know he senses something quite quickly and runs off because uh, this big thing's going on uh mm-hmm. this issue actually established a link between bendix and lex which was yeah. interesting bendix is like all right get lex on the line <laughs> we're, we're moving because uh, some some leviathan-sized creature is moving towards Metropolis. That's yeah. the big thing that's going on, and you know, like Lex seems to know about the Rising. He he grants him access to his teleporter, yeah. which he stole from Justice League uh, technology, <laughs> which does not surprise me. Which yeah, bit. which that's Lex. Yeah. Are we assuming this uh, narration that's like? Clearly, seems to be from like some journalistic piece. Is that Jay writing that? Yeah, yeah. The, the start implies it heavily. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but he's, he's writing it in hindsight, though. So this has obviously come from later in the timeline. And I think that's what gives this such a a different tone to knowing this is this it's this grandiose story, yeah. right? Yeah. That's being told as opposed to just a day in yeah. the life of. Yeah. So, so the, the idea that Lex and Bendix are in some some sort of a, a cahoots, or at the very least, like. You know that their views align, and he's in on what he's doing. As you know, doesn't Say doesn't surprise up. me. Did we not know I, this already? No, nah. nah, I mean it was it was hinted at, but we didn't have any full confirmation. Yeah, yeah just, uh, like, you know, I, I maybe just have read this and assumed that I knew already. Yeah, yeah. no, this, this is the first time we've definitely seen them interact by yeah. any means. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely when they team up for sure, calling them Ben Lex, and you can't <laughs> can't stop me. Uh, Lexus. Yeah, that doesn't work, is it? Like, because it's Lex Dicks, yeah. right? Cause it's ben <laughs> <Lex> <laughs> <laughs> it's don't ben Google Dicks. that, guys. Don't Google that. <laughs> yeah, please. But that's what, I'm saying. that's what it would be, because it's Ben Dicks, yeah. not Ben Dicks. So, right. you, you have John, like, you know, reassuring this little kid and saying, you know, yeah, I mean, he just, he just looks like a monster, but just because he's monstrous doesn't mean he's a monster. But I'll go make sure, just in case. And so a big, a big theme of the issue, like a lot of Superman encountering a big monster, is that he's not, he's not re- going to just assume that he's dangerous. You know, maybe he's actually a big peaceful being. We shouldn't necessarily just try and kill him uh, or her. I think in this case, seems to be right. Yeah, he seems yeah. to be right. You know, and, and Jackson's there, which makes sense. You know, because this is in the ocean, and he's in the know when it comes to these things. Like, can't you talk to fish? Yep. I mean, technically, we all can, but they understand me better. Yeah, I did love that line. Yeah, and basically, so the climate stuff comes into it a little bit uh, because, like, the reason why this monster woke up effectively is that the part of the ocean it was sleeping in uh, is it's a dead is, zone. It's a dead zone now. Yeah. Um. I, do you know what I immediately thought of? I thought of, I thought of the auction destroyer from Godzilla. <laughs> that was yeah. the first day I thought of. I mean, that, that that's not far off from what a dead zone is. I mean, if you yeah. you know watch any of these nature docs, uh, these dead zones are terrifying. 
just because you think it's water without the oxygen. You know, nothing can grow, nothing can survive. And we think how vast the ocean is, the idea of that spreading. Yeah. And, and I think also the fact that we're dealing with a kaiju from under the sea here, does, right. it doesn't hurt that link right. in your brain to Godzilla. Right. I can't hear under the sea without hearing the SpongeBob theme kind of creep in. Yeah. There's a big giant kaiju I, from I under thought, the sea. I'll, I'll be honest, I thought you were going to go with like, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Me too. I didn't know. And, and, and I was, I was I like, don't. is Pete really going to reference the Little Mermaid? I, I, I like, this doesn't seem right. I'm sure I saw SpongeBob uh, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. I'm sure I saw it as a kid, but I don't remember anything about Little Mermaid beyond yeah. the, the premise. And I mean, broadly. I think she gets legs, and then she has to like win out someone's love. Before as a she... kid, you watch that movie, and you're like, "Oh, Ariel just wants to be with her true love." And as an adult, you're like, "Girl, you're 16. Get back home." <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so the pair of them try to like redirect the monster. Uh, again, I'm using that word just for lack of a better one. Yeah, the um, kaiju. And that's when the Gamora core show up. Uh, some some supers that have been made by Bendix. I hate them. And they immediately just start blasting at the monster because that's what they've been taught. They have to kill it. Like, I, I like that... the touch that their logo, the GC in yep. the shield, it looks like the, the Water Bros logo. Yeah. Also, I would say, like, knowing now that, that, that Taylor pulled Bendix from Wildstorm and that it's very 90s, right? The fact that these guys all remind me of really bad 90s superheroes, I, it's so bad it's good. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, so the big thing is that one of them dies, and it was teased at the start of the issue. Yeah. And what we find out, though, as it's happening is that Bendis is like, no, 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 no. This is good for us. Let him die. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, that's because of the, 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 how bad it's going to look for, for Superman, whether that's because <sighs> other reasons. It'll show yeah. the, the sacrifice that they're willing to make. Yeah. 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 He froze, right? And his power is his name is Sparks, and it's electricity. It, it's like a bug on a windshield. And I was just like, "Oh my god, that's a terrible way to go." The, the little splat on the big sort of like uh-huh. claw of this monster did yeah. make me laugh. I'm not going to lie; I found this totally funny. Um, so that, that's the end of the <laughs> the end of the issue. Well, and I like I like that you get Jay's you know crosscut right. This mm. is I didn't know why he didn't move. His powers were electrical in nature. He was only 19, or he was 19 years old. So even even you know um, Jay, who has every you know reason to to vilify these people, still goes with the truth on how these people are being used. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's the idea is a victim because he's been he's been shoehorned right. into this and coerced into it at 19. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, I mean, the issue. Start, I mean, well, we're a bit cold on the last issue just because we didn't like the reveal of the mother stuff. And the issue does actually start with Jay looking out into the ocean, going, "She's out there, my mother." And I'm like, yeah. I almost forgot that happened because it's the one part I was like, "Yeah, I don't really need to care about that right now." Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it, though, is pretty it's good. It's gonna become a thing, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And what's worse is that you know it could like maybe she's done some evil things as well, and that may be a thing. Uh, if she's involved in the rising, I am going to. Th- throw a copy out the window <laughs> go buy sure it's cold first go buy so 10 more copies and throw them all out the window yeah yeah wait did you say your copy out the window or a coffee out the window you said a copy yeah, yeah. oh i thought you said a coffee you know where my brain is so i said make sure it cools first <laughs> you, don't, you don't want collateral damage no one out there oh dear um so yeah, not a solid issue. Uh, I, I, you know, this this core feels like an evolution of like the idea of him like experimenting on these teens and stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, so good. Uh, I I enjoyed Bex and Le- Bendix and Lexi's uh, interactions. I, I thought their demeanor with each other was kind of just a, an interest. It was a different vibe to all the other character interactions in the book, so that stuck out to me. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Matt, are you going to uh, rate it? Um, I'm going to give this an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. Connor? I'm going to go with just a seven. Seven. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm happy to match Matt, I think, on the uh, art's good. Uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't really talk about the art too much, but it is a different artist. Yeah. Uh, on this issue, um, but I, I think it kind of keeps in tone with what we've had so far. It doesn't feel like it's drastically changed by any means. Yeah. So that's neat, and like I say, that splat of blood when the the little superhero gets bitch slapped. Uh, I think it was really funny. So, you know, uh, and that's not the art. That's the art that made that funny. Yeah. So. Uh, well, one could one might argue that that maybe it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be funny, but I think secretly no, definitely the tone of it is this is a tragedy. Yeah, but when they said like a bug on a windshield and then splat. Yeah, I'm sorry, I laughed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I laughed at that too. But I'm glad I did this. It's not one of those things where I laughed at it and then went, oh well, that took me out of it because I laughed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there was no way that was never not going to be funny to me. Yeah, but I'm glad I had the laugh, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> so. Uh, but there you go, that's uh, Superman Son of Kal-El issue 7. Wonder Woman 783, Becky Clooney and Michael Conrad writing with uh, Marcio Takara on the art. Uh, we got all the glass Wonder Woman copies still mm-hmm. flying around. Uh, this issue, we have Shining Knight. Uh, I mean, who's, who's wearing the helmet and so on? Yeah, he's wearing the armor, but it's definitely not Sir Justin. Yeah. Um, but... Funnily enough, I was reading Stars and Stripes, and I just got to the mm. Sir Justin stuff mm. there, and I was getting whiplash. Yeah, because that's good stuff. You know. though. So Doctor yeah. Psycho is obviously behind this this new shiny yep. knight, and sends him after Wonder Woman, who's dealing with all the copies. Uh, you know, and we have this. You know, oh, what was this guy called? The new villain, Mirror Image. Um, what I say? Yeah, let me see. Remember it that? was. I don't, think, I don't think they mentioned his name in this issue. It was bugging me. But, uh, so he's still like, behind things. He's still, like, you know, got all these things going. We know the Hall of Mirrors is, is there. We know that the copies mm-hmm. are coming from there, which is something that Etta and the others are trying to find. Uh, yep. I did laugh a little bit when it mentioned, hey, Etta and Steve have been working with Checkmate. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, sure. Whatever. Calm down. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, go see Checkmate, checkmate like, headquarters. Uh, it's like, I, I'm not going to go and see Checkmate. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so all, all these copies are in the city, and uh, I, I actually, do you know what? I really appreciated this page that just sort of pointed out that she's having a hard time getting up to the roof on the stairs, yeah. uh, because it would be tiring as shit, you know. And I can sympathize. This is like this is no, a normal from, person. From the dang stair machine. Yeah. Truth. As, as someone that works out multiple times a week, going to play football today is not the same as the treadmill. Yeah. Whatsoever. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. I, I will say this: this scene here with them on the rooftop, with uh, speaking, did have the most clunky line of dialogue i've felt in this book in a while uh it's where it's like dupes like duplicates like, yeah but it, it felt it was a really natural thing when diana just said oh you know, you know keep these dupes occupied they don't attack civilians it was right. there it was it was like yeah okay i had a flow to it and then we had to oh we best stop and interrupt that in case anyone didn't quite understand well, what they were and that kind of i mean that's just I think it's a fairly fairly relatively minor complaint, though, because I think the rest of the scene where Steve and Diana interact for the first time in this story, I I think lands. I I think it does. It does. It's why it's why this stood out to me. I think in general because it felt so clunky. Oh no! I don't think it's felt clunky in its dialogue at any point. 
Because I but see, I don't think that dupes in the pejorative term, you know, like for a, a foolish person, right? That's not a word Diana would usually use to describe people. So Etta being like, oh, dupes, like duplicates. Uh, that worked for me. I didn't have an issue with it. I think it's because it was already in context that she was talking about the dupes as, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, we, you know, in context, oh, we, we got to keep these occupied. Right. It, it felt weird to then interrupt that afterwards. All right. I'm not going to argue there because I, I forgot that these was there. Not like she said, the dupes, but. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but Sherry Knight lands on the roof and like, keeps Diana occupied. So, uh, ultimately, Steve is like, okay, we, we should go take help take care of the the city and stuff you know diana's got this with a possibly dead man oh man takara's art here in that where she has the the lasso after she blocks Mm -hmm. and just the the whole pose here and it's so very wonder woman it's just when she takes off the the tiara and like throws it at the head really enjoying how this is treating the the lasso in this issue um because it's not like a rope it's not got the segmented parts mm-hmm. like you traditionally see it's just treated like a ribbon and it, it, it yeah. feels more elegant mm. yeah yeah um and then all, all the the the, the mirror dana shop and basically this like confuses shiny knight enough that he's like well and i say confused uh broadly the idea being that he's like he'll agree to kill all these because he's, these are also all wonder women yeah. <laughs> yes. also shining knight calling uh steve uh, going be gone wayface churl yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's a good insight. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this fight scene both between Shining Knight and one, you know, whoever the Shining Knight is and Wonder Woman, and also yeah. them teaming up against the the reflections. Uh, yeah, I, I thought so all I, the all the art looked really great here. Oh yeah, Takara, it's all great. I I just want to speak real quick on on the whole Doctor Psycho and what he represents in the story, and like the whole idea that he is toxic masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. And who does he get to take on? Uh, this icon of, of you know, of, she's not really femininity, right? But it, it's Wonder Woman. This the complete opposite of toxic masculinity is a shining knight, right? It's like mm-hmm. this knight in shining armor, a white knight, if you will, who seems to be all honorable, but is doing the work of the the guy that represents toxic masculinity. And I just I love that touch here, you know, do, that even someone that we it's going to be we, someone we know under there. I'm not that it has to be someone that uh, we know. It's just the just uh, the idea that I would guess so. I would guess it's going to be someone. Maybe, but that wasn't my point. The, my point was is that the fact that like the how this can help, like something like toxic masculinity can pervert something like Shining Knight, like this hero that we associate with justice and and fairness and all these other chivalrous things. But like this idea of, from Doctor Psycho is what sends him after Wonder Woman as his enemy. You know, that that, that his chivalry is um, threatened by someone like Diana. So I just love that overall take here. And so to see him... So the fact that they end up teaming up, right, to take on these these fake copies of her, I, I just... I really like how that works. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, once this being is influenced by a better force, like, he will yeah. be convinced of... Right, the right way, effectively. Right. Uh, you know, it's just it's a fine idea. All the art looks great, though. The fighting looks mm-hmm. great. It flowed really quickly. It was a really quick read. Last couple of pages, I assume, is more about teasing the event coming up because Hippolyta yeah. is like, "Oh, Diana, something's wrong. You have to come back home." And obviously, it ties it in by having like one of the reflections show up and Hippolyta smashes so, it. 
But so creepy. The the way that Takara draws the the duplicates with the dead eyes. Yeah, you know? it's it's yeah. the wide open eyes. Yeah, it's also yeah. You know, um, at the end, of, I mean, like, I, I shall never die. Sounds yeah. pretty ominous. It's very like very selfish yeah. of her that in a way yeah. that I don't so... traditionally assume she is. No, but so we're we're getting like from what I can gather from Wonder Girl and the Trial of the Amazons from the backup though is that Themyscira has been not poisoned but corrupted by something, and maybe it has to do with it having the portal to to Tartarus there where they kept Ares or whatever. But there's there's definitely a vibe that I, I that... see. I just I'm just just flicking through it, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing the very last panel. Yeah. Is is um saying you know, we we will win immortality for uh for every band of Igdal and sister. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's the idea is the different tribes are com- competing for immortality, yeah. which is why Apollo is saying, "Well, oh no, you know we're gonna live forever." So yeah, so uh, let's are we do you want to rate the main issue first, or do you just want me to talk about? Yeah, yeah we'll do it at the end. The you go to the backup. Okay, so in the backup, we we've got. I had to refresh because it had been a minute. I forgot, but uh, we'd seen in the first couple of these backups that. The Banna Migdal, they're not quite the same as the Amazons. They are, you know, these earthbound, you know, men's world women that seek them out. And so they're not immortal like like the Themyscira Wonder Woman or Amazons. And so what this sets up is that they're they're talking to one of their oracles and she goes into a a um like a trance and she starts talking about like this end of times. Uh, prophecy where the the lion and the wolf are 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 fighting for control, uh, and that entropy infects the sacred land and death stalks the first, uh, and they're all wrapped up around you know a snake that's eating its tail, um, and and from what we just saw in the solicits right with some of those covers, is that this is what kind of the war I feel like the trial of the Amazons is going to be, is like who. Like, and all the things that have gone wrong with Themyscira over the course since, let's even say, Rebirth, is like, who who's the heir to what the Amazons are supposed to be for? And that's what this gets to, is that the the queen of the Band of Migdal are like, well, you know, we, we're actually closest to what the original Amazons had intended, right? We're out to, we're keeping the darkness of the man's world, you know, we're a refuge for all the people that need us. You know, while the Themyscira sit, you know, and sure they were guarding Ares, but they have sat with immortality and do nothing with it. So it's almost like whatever this force is, it's it's breeding contempt between them because they still feel like um, from the last issue of this, the Chimera that was sent, you know, they fully believe that was the Themyscirans to get with them, you know, and now you have the, um, what are they, the Eskita, the uh, from the actual Amazon jungle in Brazil. Um, so it's basically just them arguing about if the Themyscirians deserve their immortality and that, you know, they're, you know, we sacrifice everything. We're the ones that should rule over them. And then Artemis, you know, talks about, you know, that's the whole reason that Atalanta um, had come to the Band of Migdal was to kind of forge this, this not equality but understanding between them so they could be on the same page and it seems like they've gotten away from that um and that that 
uh, Atalanta is going to be like, well, we're going to win the doorway. Uh, we're going to take that over, and we're going to do it better than they did. Um, so if that's what the trial of the Amazons is going to be, like, at least that's interesting. It's not just almost change for change sake. It's playing with this whole idea that the, the Mascarians have really dropped the ball on everything that, you know, when you think about what Wonder Woman's had to do, and almost the fact that she sacrificed herself and went to the afterlife and the sphere of the gods upset the balance of all the other Amazon tribes and, you know, something in there. And that's what it said with like the creeping empathy or entropy. There's something there almost that's corrupting the, the, um, Themyscirans, which I also finally read the annual, which I forgot about. And I was looking mm -hmm. for my stars and stripes. It was still sitting there to read. So I read that and was reminded of that weird dude who says that they were the original inhabitants of Themyscira, you know, so I'm wondering where he and them, I forget their names though, where yeah. they play into all of this, but it's, they seem to be juggling at least through these two, like, cause we're not reading Nubia. They seem to be balancing this all pretty well. Um, and this knowing what we have to look forward to now in the Amazon, I'm actually more excited for it. Um, oh, and seeing where the context is after this backup. That's good. I mean, I'll, I'll give the first issue of it a try and see how it feels, yeah. having not read, you know, Nubia and mm -hmm. some of these backups and stuff. But Yeah. I mean, it could ultimately fall on its face and I could be completely wrong and, you know, we should get another Amazon's but, attack. I mean, to be fair, I did actually really like that annual issue and all the stuff yeah. it introduced, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this seems to be playing off of that, that too. Was that? That annual issue, that, that guy that that set up. Yeah. There's no guarantee that'll be internally Amazon's though, right? No, it could be. So, it could be like Wonder Woman post that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it could be, but it definitely felt like the Themyscirans are hiding something from Diana, and so it almost as if she's going to defect from them. It's going to be because of what she learned in the annual. Maybe. You know? so I remember when we read the annual, we thought that was setting up for this this arc, right? Right. Mm. And then uh, obviously, no. Obviously, that didn't happen. But yeah. I, I do wonder if it's still going to be something for the main book after Charlie yeah. Amazon's version. It's just part of that story. Yeah, all right. Uh, Matt, what are you going to rate? Uh, you can rate both the main story and the backup, Yeah, I mean, I'm, they're, they're both a 7.5. They're both, 7 I mean, Takara's art, really, especially um, for that main part. Uh, but, Connor? Yeah, I'm going to go with the 7.5 as well, and I think it is the art that drags it up that extra half point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually was also thinking 7.5. It's basically, I really like the art. I think the moment with Diana and Steve meeting again is works really well. Uh, it just, I can't quite give it higher than that just because, like... I'm enjoying the story well enough, but I wouldn't say mm -hmm. it's as engaging as a storyline as some of these other books that we've been, yeah. we've been talking mm -hmm. about. So I will say, though, it feels like Clunan uh, uh, and Conrad are trying to forge their own version of Wonder Woman instead of retreading on stuff that we've seen mm. so many times before, which is which is refreshing. So It's been about a, a year of them writing Wonder Woman now, if you include the Future State stuff. Uh, yeah. 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 Interesting. All right, Catwoman, issue 39. This is kind of interesting because it's the start of a new writer, new creative team. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, we obviously were on a Ram V's run. And yep. this was kind of like, okay, Teeny Howard's taken over. Uh, and we also have art by someone who I, I wish was named Neon, given some of the coloring in this book. <laughs> but it's not, it's Leon. <laughs> Nico Leon is the uh, name of the artist. Um, Speaking of the, the colours, because uh, you mentioned them, yeah. uh, Jodie Belair on, on the colours. I'm not surprised yeah. to hear it, because 
almost every, like every other book we talk about seems to have coloring by Jordi uh, Blair. I know we we don't usually mention the colors at that point. Yeah. The, you know, you usually it's when they come up, but you brought them up already. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, the art the art is very good. Like there's yes. there's really not much you can fault in it's the gorgeous. art. It's very stylistic. Is- it's very because uh, the the first chunk of it and then some bits later on take place in this nightclub so there's a lot of neons purples mm-hmm. and blues but then you get to some of the other stuff and you have like more muted colors or you have like, the the, the night lights of the city you get more natural skin tones that kind of thing yeah. some silhouette shots that um, are just downright gorgeous really so, good stuff so why why were you guys excited for teeny howard this is a name i'm not familiar with i, I wasn't, wasn't necessarily oh. I, I was open to it. i've tried a couple of teeny <laughs> gotcha. things and never yeah. like Never, I've never. In fact, I, I I particularly dislike that uh, implication because I don't really like the writing that much in this issue. Okay. Well, no, I thought I was, I was going to ask because it, it felt like when when we were talking about like that last Catwoman issue, yeah, we're like, oh, we thought the Teeny Howard stuff was starting, but we got an extra Ram V. Um, I just felt like maybe this was someone that you were familiar with before. Oh, no, no. I, you I wanted to see their take about, on Catwoman. Okay, I'm relieved. I'd seen the preview. I feel the voice for Selena is super off. Um. And I like the family stuff, uh, like the five different families. But man, it's, the storytelling is kind of a mess. Well, I my, my my one of my initial things that really struck me is that page that introduces all the all the crime families. Yeah. I'm like, that is too many boxes. You're trying yeah. to teach me about too many people in one page. This is too much. I I think yeah. I don't quite have the problem with the voice that matters or the storytelling. I think overall, I'm mostly into it. I do think it's overwritten though and yeah especially you know this page that you mentioned here with all the introductions and it's it's a little bit frustrating because i can think of the exact page that did this in ramby's run and it was i remember there. the page yeah. mm-hmm. it was that double page spread as it kind of walked through yeah. and it was fantastic uh because it, it wasn't it, it wasn't even, it wasn't a splash it was a spread that kind of went back and forth across the page right. I, I remember it specifically yeah. and this here is but not as good as that. It's a lot clunkier. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, I do think it's overwritten. I do think it's clunkier. Just generally speaking, there's too many narration boxes. There's too mm-hmm. wordy at times. Uh, there's also a character introduced in the middle of the issue that I just hate. <laughs> I, I just, Thank you, me too. There's a character in this Ghost- I hate. This character made me miss Ghostmaker. <laughs> and I don't like Ghostmaker. <laughs> I despise this character. Uh, so I have no strong feelings on this character it's just a, he's, he's, exactly this, he's this type of character who's trying to impress the main the main character and i just i'm like i've seen this type of character in other things i don't like him every time this type of character shows up i usually hate their guts um and it just bugs me um and there's actually there's a moment so early on right so it's after they all sit down at the table and there's like the, the the there's a fifth one that comes up at the end obviously but there's four crane bosses here and one's a woman and mm-hmm. there's a moment where uh, one of the guys says, all right, gentlemen, right? And there's a, there's an editor's note here. And it's an editor's oh. note that wants to point out that, like, okay, we know that there's, you know, uh, what's, the, what's the name here just so I can say who it is? Aiko. Um, uh, Aiko. Yeah. So we know Aiko's there. You know Aiko's there. Uh, but believe me, I've been in, in groups many a time where someone said gentlemen, even though I was there. And I was like, okay, that, that that's a fine message to get across. I have no problem with that. But my thought was, what would be much better as a comic book is to put in a panel of Aiko maybe giving them side-eye when they say that to show that yeah. she's reacting to it, to, to show that it's mm-hmm. a, it's is, a is, is oversight. Isn't that called show, don't tell? Yeah, because this wasn't even in dialogue, which would be one no. thing. This I, is... I think it, it doesn't even need a reaction because 
like I said, you know, we know she's there. Yeah. They know she's there. Just having him make that conscious choice to say, right. anyway. this is like This is like if you're watching a movie and the movie paused for the director to say, now everyone, I want to explain what this scene's doing. <laughs> Just in case you don't, don't get it. Don't give Tarantino ideas, please. Because <laughs> he will do it. Like, that's what it felt like to me. I'm like, uh, shut up. <laughs> Just sh- yeah. show me it. But yeah, uh, it was. I, but see, there are stuff I like. I do like all of these crime lords of Gotham and what you know, different parts of the crime they they you know yeah, they I, represent. I, I, yeah, I have no problem um, conceptually with the idea of the, yeah. the four heads of the families, uh, and then the fifth one being Black Mask later. Like that's all fine. Also, the um the stuff that references the history with with Aiko is um mm-hmm. assuming I'm remembering the character correctly, which I'm pretty sure I am. Is from the run towards the end of the New Fifty Two, the one that I say was the you know before Ramby, the last good Catwoman stuff that I enjoyed. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's from that, and that was again dealing with a lot of crime family stuff. So this kind of feels like a okay, like a, a spiritual sequel cool. to that run, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. So I'm kind of think... a little bit more in on premise, I think, at the start of this. I'll I'll have to look that one up because I like that's the aspect of this book I like. Once we start getting to the Thieves Guild Club BS with this cat that she has no, to yeah, no, there's none of that in that book. That I was don't... like, it's only two or three trades long, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's where it lost me. Yeah, basically um, she, she she moves into like a, an abandoned apartment on the top of this like fancy building that was ba- it's basically just derelict because there was some, there was like a shootout or something and it's, it's been sort of closed off and just sitting there and so on. And she moves in and this fancy ass cat shows up and she's she sniffs out the, the cologne and there's someone out there who's dropped this off. And we get this character who, as soon as I saw <laughs> this character, I'm like, okay, I hate this guy's guts. I just know yeah. I do. Um, and then his entire thing is like, oh, I'm a fan of your work and blah, blah, blah. Um, like, I just, I hate his dialogue. I hate his personality. <laughs> I, I just, I hate this. This is um, like in a spy story. The, the, the counter spy who starts like flirting with the main character. And I hate yeah, it. Not- Maybe that's why I don't hate this as much. Because that's probably no, 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 fair. But- like. You can still do that. I felt like in in Grayson, they did it well. They did, yeah. you know. But here, I don't. It's so clean. I hated reading his dialogue. Like I'm there was not, so much of it. I'm not going to defend it because, like I said, yeah. I think it's overwritten. I don't. I don't like this character. I'm not like. I'm not defending at all. This is a good character. I just. I just didn't. Hate well, the, the problem is, though, it's not just that I hate the character. I hate all the plot threads that it, it, this could be going to because of this character. Because uh, he because he leaves with that case at the end with stuff. This is going to be a relationship that evolves throughout this this arc. He's on the cover of the solicit from this week. Yeah, uh, I get. Like I said, I, I don't I don't hate those threads inherently. Yeah, the, the the less the least exciting aspect of the book, I will absolutely agree with. But I don't. It, it's hate- a shame because when Black Mask like storms in and says, "Yeah, I'm the fifth family member. I'm going to shoot you with my Tommy gun." Like. I'm like, okay, I could get into the fun of this. I could get into... It's so stupid, it works. <laughs> it's like, very Black Mask. It's yeah, very Black Mask. That's why I love Black Mask as a character, because he's a psychopath that just does whatever he wants. Yeah. You know? um, that part I can yeah. get, totally get into, yeah. but everything else... Like, I mean, you combine, you combine this character in the Thieves Guild with the yeah. overwriting, which I, I thought made it a bit of a chore to get through it, but even though the art is really nice, like almost yeah, the it... whole time. This this is one of those ones where I'm trying to read it at work, and my coworker every time I have my iPad in front of me is trying to talk to me, and I'm like, I'm on break right now. <laughs> I'm trying to read, and then I'd have to start again oh, because yeah. there's It'll so take much a long on there. Time to get through each page at last. Yeah. yeah. Um. And l- let me just say real quick before we move from Black Mask, his opening line is Catwoman at my favorite nudie bar. 
this is a hundred percent you McGregor black mask. Yeah, that's yeah. Like um, this is exactly that version that they've gone. We're just yeah. writing him for for you. And yeah, that's that's not why I got. I didn't hear that at all. But sure. Well, you're wrong. But yeah, I so all that stuff, and then again, which I didn't realize until flipping back through this, the the case that he gives her at the end, that guy that we don't like, is all the weapons that they're introduced with at the beginning that the five families. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't realize that because I got so distracted by all of the writing. Um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Anyway. I mean, it looks gorgeous, uh, but like yes. I, I, I'm pretty safely out to be honest. Like this, like, yeah. I gave it a chance this new run, but like I did not like the writing. The, the best thing is, is that this has a tie to that arc that or that run that Connor talks yeah. about. I'm completely blind. Um, I want to see the writers could like. I, I uh, pulled up it's, something. It's, Valentine. It's it's Valentine and Gary Brown. Um, so, so good. I'm gonna have to look look for that yeah. now. See if my I shop. Just, but I, I really can't emphasize enough just how much, like, any chance this book I had at holding me went away with that character in the mm-hmm. middle. And they're kind of like, you know, like back and forth on the rooftop. And even the little joke about, you realize Batman's not here if I like kick you off the roof. And just like, okay, not for me. I don't like him. I can move on with my life. Yeah, he's like a shitty version of Ghostmaker. Yeah, and I don't like Ghostmaker, so that says a lot. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I feel like, I feel like this is we, we won't be matching up on ratings here as much as we have in maybe other books. Yeah. Uh, so Matt, what are you, what are you giving a Catwoman? Uh, six. Connor. I think I'm gonna give it a generous seven. Oh. With the, the the caveat being that it is very overwritten and it it it's not that deserving, but the general vibe and just the phenomenal art are kind of pulling it up like a point and a half, probably. Yeah, I'm just going to straight five. Uh, obviously the art's great, but I hate that character. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. I have never like taken a disdain to a character as quickly in a comic book. I think as as much as this guy. <laughs> As this crowd, it's like Ghostmaker like screwed Zorro when this thing pops out. What is it? I'm not, I'm not a defender of this character. I I, I just didn't <laughs> expect this visceral reaction to it. This is just there. Yeah, but there's going to be more of them. That's the problem. There's going to be more of them, <laughs> and I can't get on board with that. I just can't. I tell you what, I do think this run needs beyond fixing the other problems that we've just yeah. mentioned. Kate Man. I mean, oh, everyone yeah. needs that, but a different outfit. I, I've yeah. enjoyed this Catwoman outfit. I think it's been solid under Joel Jones and kind of that style and, and what we had under Rambi. I think for this style of art, it needs something a bit more, a little bit sleeker, maybe a bit more one piece, uh, you know, going back into the, the cat suit as opposed to the the fragmented pieces. I think it yeah. sticks out a bit more, more and I think you know, this, this style of art would benefit more from a, a one piece suit. Okay. Oh, there you go, that's Catwoman. That's your 39. Uh, Connor may read the next one. And depends, depends on the week. I'll, I'll probably be honest with you. <laughs> uh, so, cool. Batman the Night, issue one, is up next. Chip! Chip's got a book with DC. With, with art by Gia Domenico, which I don't think I realized until uh, I got it. 
Do you know what's I didn't even notice the name. It was just a few pages in. I was like, this looks like Gio Domenico. And then I went, yeah. oh, it is Gio Domenico. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so fair enough. Uh, that tracks. Uh, so this is kind of weird because I, I didn't really remember the solicit for this, to be honest. So I didn't even know what I was going into. I just sort of picked up a book called Batman mm-hmm. the Night. It could have been anything. You, you just knew it was by Chip and you were like, I'll read it. Yeah. Uh, and it is kind of origin story-esque in that it's focusing on Bruce's... At least this issue is mostly the end of his high school years. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the the, frame, the framing device is that we keep cutting back to him with Hugo Strange. Um, he's, you know, a girl that he's, he knows has recommended Hugo for therapy reasons because he has all this anger and he's going through all this stuff. And that's the framing. We keep coming back to that over the course of the issue. And obviously we know Hugo's, you know, susses, you know, anything. That, that's the fun part of this issue is towards him where it's like, oh, but Bruce knows he's sus as well. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, Bruce, Bruce is figuring that out. Um, you know, you, you think he's kind of he's getting taken in, right? He's along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Strange is pulling one on him, and he's not. No. Yeah, uh, but instead, you know, we we get all this stuff where he's fighting at school, he's getting into scrapes, and it's for good reasons. You know, it's like someone was picking on someone else, and he, he stepped in. So you know, that that fundamental part is there, and you get Alfred taking him home awkward from the police station from the school, and then again at the police station at the end when it's the more serious thing, the reason that he's in the, you know, the, the organized the fighting club. But yeah. Um, I think, I mean, we can debate, like, because we don't really know what this whole story is yet and what they all, they all take it. But there are things in this I liked as parts of, like, to add to the origin. Um, I particularly enjoyed, there's a scene where he's with his, like, kind of girlfriend, I guess. Um, uh, and they're yeah. on, yeah, and they're on the car and he basically says he wants to become a cop. And it makes sense that in his early life, he might have had that thought at one point. That, he'd, yeah. he'd, that, was, that was the first, like, the, the first version of him wanting to do good for the city was, yeah. like, you know. He's basically Harry Potter, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a cop. You can't yeah. be a cop. You're too famous. Well, I just won't carry a gun. I'll, You're I'll, a I'll be the leader of the cult. Yeah. <laughs> It's just it's very childish, Bruce. And, oh sure, and RC kind of nails that. But it, you know, it, it, and and her reaction, you know, plays like that. But it yeah. it makes sense that that was his first thought. And she's like, "You have all these resources. You're this rich. You can't one. You can't be a cop because you're too famous. But secondly, like you could do more than that. Think bigger, right? And that's kind of the the, mm-hmm. the the you know the, the the mantra of this issue. And it's the way he ends it as well when he's leaving Hugo Strange's like office. He's like, "I'm a way to think bigger." Uh, he's haunted by this suit of armor, the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the Bat Knight. Yeah, so, so it's this idea that the knight in this in question here is this. So, I, I mean, I could buy that this is going to jump ahead in time each issue, but the one like running thread is going to be how this suit of armor plays into his psyche each issue or something. Yeah. Um, Real quick, can we also talk about how I feel like this is Zdarsky taking on all of the those... Um, Anytime someone wants to take a shot at Batman, which I love, we all know how I feel about Batman, but they'll always talk about like the social implications of Batman running around Gotham. Mm-hmm. And oh, I feel why like this he is uses money. That yeah, I feel this is the Darcy going through and checking stuff off of that list. Like, like here, he talks about um, at the end of the car scene uh, about the 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 bully. Right, he goes, "Oh, the bully from the academy. What about him?" She's like, "Yeah." He was a bully, but you tormented him in secret for the rest of the school year. You drove his parents to pull him out of the school. You know, there's this darkness around you, you know, and it's almost like this first, like, self-awareness that he could do more. You know, it's not just about dressing up as the bat. It's 
he does have these psychological kind of aspects yeah. to him that are deep in there. But I also um, like the idea that he does go too far with something and someone yeah. points it out and it's part of right. his learning you know, process. Right, exactly. And that's what I mean. And yeah. then that's, he's going to be able to know when to pull that back. You know what I mean? It's very human, Bruce. This yeah, the, because the other scene in this I really like. So I like the scene where he says he wanted to become a cop and then she laughs at it and the, the conversation and, it, you know, the line she says, mm. which is, the world doesn't need another angry cop, right? That's a really pointed line um, in there, right? Um, the other scene I really like is after Alfred's picked him up from the police station when he's, at, you know, in Fight Club, basically, <laughs> is yeah. Alfred, like, goes off on him. Like, he loses his shit you know, in an Alfred way, but he loses his shit and says, like, all those people you were fighting, they're doing it because they're desperate. They're doing it because they, they don't know if they're going to make the rent, and maybe this will be worth the, the risk of, like, earning some money, uh, as long as the hospital bills presumably don't take it all away. Right? They're all desperate. They're all just trying to survive. But you've been given more money than you'll ever need. You've been given all these resources. You've been given everything. So, like, why not prove that you deserve it? Why not do something with it? So, there's kind, of, there's kind of this constant, like, if, if nothing else, this issue is basically all of these impulses that come to Bruce initially in those, you know, 5, mm -hmm. 10, 15 years after the death of his parents. This is the story of him kind of, like, yeah, making all the mistakes that one would probably make when they're an angry kid, which they'd be too mm -hmm. cruel, even if their heart's in right. the right place. They would think of the more violent option when they should think, no, this is why I should do it this way. Um... There is an interest, like, like, as much as part of me's thinking as I'm reading this, I'm like, do we need another kind of early days, like, how this is how Bruce comes, becomes Batman's story? I, I felt the same thing as I'm enjoying what I'm reading, so it was a weird thing. I was like, this but, is good. But I was, this know? is the thing, this is the point I'm getting to, though, is that it's constantly kind of, like, picking away at details and questions that I don't think I've seen other writers address that much. Yeah, it's, it's him being flawed. I, like, even the awareness of Alfred being like, I've let you become a spoiled rich brat. Right. Mm. And that's like, usually well, we think of Alfred as the good noble father who did everything he could. And right. Alfred's like, do you know what? I could have done better. Right. Well, and also when he's talking to Dana at, at the college and she's like, you got to go to class. He's like, no, I don't. It's chemistry. I, I've paid enough money here. They're going to pass me anyways. I'm going to go do research. She's like, but you're, you're taking up a spot at school and you don't even want to be here. So it's pointing up that stuff too that yeah. he is a spoiled but brat. But I, I also there's a line in here that is still very like Batman, where he says, yeah. uh, "Test the exams, just slow me down. I'm here to learn." I'm like, yeah. that is such a Batman yeah. thing. To say. No, it is. Yeah. Um, it's why you can you can see the Batman that he's going to become in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah but there's yeah. a lot of rough edges that need to be sanded away yeah, first. It, exactly, and I and I like I, that because I, 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 I love I, a flawed Batman. I love a self-aware. Yeah, Batman, it's, so. it's actually, do you know what it is? It's taking Batman and saying, okay, no, but here's, like, everyone goes through a period when they're a teenager and younger mm -hmm. where they do make a lot of mistakes, they think about things the wrong way before they, things click for them. Yeah. This is actually one of the most effective pieces of writing that's ever done that to a major yeah. character like this and said, here's yeah. them with all their flaws and all of the, all the, uh, the troubleshooting, if you will, of, yeah. like, going through life before he landed yeah. on his morals it's, and all it's these things. an acknowledgement that he is not a perfect person that has always made the right choices, that he, he's not always been dedicated to this one singular goal of, you know, right. you know justice yeah. slash vengeance. And, and, the, and the one sort of fantastical thing is this recurring kind of vision of this suit of armor that's got a bat coming out of it, you know? Right. Which, not, not just for that iconography, but I also feel like that's the clue that he's not letting Strange hypnotize him. It's like, this, that's his anchor, mm. is this suit of armor. That he keeps going back to, and it's going to end up being a 
a motif. It changes as well slightly. So when yeah. we see it at the end there, which is the physical one that's in Strange's mm -hmm. office, right? It's slightly different for the version that we see earlier in the yeah. in the issue in the vision. Uh, in there, it's got a big like shield coming out of it almost, uh, yeah. like like a doorway um, to get to the insides. Mm -hmm. The helmet is again, you know, it's got the same kind of basic core elements, but it's it hasn't got the the grill that the bot the, right. the last one has. It's, it almost looks like the destroyer same. armor from Thor. Yeah. Yeah, it is I mean, it, fundamentally different, which is kind of interesting. The idea that no, it's it's the idea was there, but this is a specific version. Well, I mean, right. it's, it's the idea that ultimately he's going to become the Dark Knight, right? I mean, that's obviously why the title's right. been chosen and why the motif the is, is all chosen. Right. But like, if you're thinking about this uh, this story of him discovering who he really is and sort of finding himself and working out all these rough edges, the the, the symbolism being, you know, you were never going to just be a cop; you're going to be the knight. Right, and obviously he can't visualize that because he can't like he doesn't know how important Batman's going to be in advance. He doesn't, you know, he's not even thought of the idea yet. But the idea that ultimately he was always meant to be something more, and like this visual motif. So, like, I can almost see like like he's not going to wear a literal suit of armor, of course, and the bat suit. At least I bet he wears it at one but, point. I mean, maybe it does, but well, like, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's going to be an actual armor, armor. But this is his metaphor. Metaphorical. If anything, if him being fascinated by the visual of a suit of armor mm -hmm. is going to be the inspiration of wearing a costume of some kind, right? right? It's probably going to play into that choice. Yeah, and, uh, and then it's his armor for his psyche, as opposed to the, the physical right. thing as well. Yeah, because right. um, typically, typically it's like okay, obviously the bat symbolism is always there, but typically it's like well, it's like a ninja suit with the added bat motif whereas this is maybe going to look at it from like i know that even just the idea of wearing a suit with a mask and a costume is mm -hmm. important beyond the theatricality of like scaring the criminals it's about you know his his version of a uniform right and that, that's yeah. an idea that's come up before yeah yeah uh so yeah there's a lot there's a lot in, in there there's a lot of things that it's doing really smart and it's like so I, I'm curious to see where it goes next. I'm assuming it's going to jump ahead in time and probably still be early Batman. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we're going to jump to, like you know, year five. But I think it's it's really interesting if you go to the you know, the back of all the books this week. It's got the advert for this. Mm. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, four characters. It's got Hugo Strange and Alfred, and okay, we've kind of seen them already. But then it's got Ducard, and it mentions how there's a string of crimes in Paris that'll you know mm -hmm. make Bruce Wayne a suspect. So that, uh, uh, that comes up. And we've got this, this burglar character, uh, Lucy Chesson. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if like Ducard's a big part of issue too, because it just makes sense that that would be soon. Like he was going to go off and train mm -hmm. and do his yeah. thing. Yeah, and then and then this you know this thief, the little Texan, it, it, it mentions that she teaches him you know the best way to catch a thief is to become one. So it's it's okay. We're going to see Bruce acquire these skills over. Mm -hmm. I think this is ten issues, right? Um, but it's going to be, you know, not in the traditional sense. It'll be very much from this broken, you know, perspective, and we'll probably see Bruce become better over yeah. over the series. Yeah, as a, in a lot of ways, this is kind of taking that first half of Batman Begins and fleshing it out into like a full, yeah, yeah. series. Um, because that was in there, the idea that he's going to like sort of like become a thief to like understand how it works and understand how how he be desperate. It was there as a nice little yeah. montage for that point, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Which works in a movie, but this is obviously yeah. one to like really explore the psyche of that. But you can do like, okay, this is the thief issue. This is the detective yeah. issue. You know, and you know, you can go through various aspects as it goes on. 
Yeah. I mean, if anything, this issue is him saying, I ha you know, the idea of being bigger is like, well, I have to, like, okay, what do I want to do? So, I mean, maybe maybe it'll be another issue before he decides he has to go off and, like, learn and train and whatever, but... Yeah. yeah. Will, will each issue focus on a skill? I don't, I don't, I will, will it be, like, an issue where, okay, this is the, the disguise issue? I did, get, I did get a chuckle out of those. Like, so Alfred, like, when he comes back early on in the issue, he's emptied out the library. He's like, These were, this was full of all the books that your parents got to learn and, like, improve their lives. So we're, we're starting from empty, and we're go you're going to add books to learn and improve yourself. And the idea being that this is better than all the fighting you're doing. But then later on, when he gets some books said it's like, how to do Taekwondo? <laughs> like, yeah, how yeah. to punch someone in the face? Yeah. <laughs> Although there's also the uh, the book on botany, which he uses to learn to, you know, get mm. back at the kid. Yeah, yeah. But so it shows he's resourceful. It shows that he is good at learning things, if nothing else. Yeah. But also, again, this this being a flaw, Bruce, he's taken that concept and he's twisted it. He's gone, all right, fine, I'll, I'll do it your way. But it's still kind of spiteful in the, the what yeah. he's done, you know, there as a kid specifically. Yeah. Uh, and if anything, I feel like this Alfred does deserve, like, not maybe not an apology per se, but I feel like Zarsky's probably going to have, like, a. Because this, this, this is a strenuous relationship these two seem to have um, <laughs> in this particular issue. And I do wonder if there's an acceptance of, like, what Alfred's done for him, and there'll be an acceptance on the other side from Alfred of who he's becoming later on in the story mm -hmm. as he's becoming Batman or whatever. Yeah. Well, because yeah. now it definitely feels like he wants to make. Uh, Alfred proud, you know. You know. I don't know. There's, there's clearly some semblance of a good relationship that maybe we haven't yeah. really seen in this issue. But you know, Alfred yeah. calls him son at one point. Oh sure, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like like the worst I've seen portrayed. But... It's not like the well, like the Earth One relationship, for example. Yeah, but like, I, I, I don't think for a, I don't think for a second here that if if Bruce at like seventeen turned round to Alfred and said, "Hey, I'm going to become a vigilante," <laughs> dressed as a bad Alfred is going to take it on. <laughs> Kelly Alfred's like, no, you're not. You're... <laughs> Go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Master Bruce, I, you're my son. I care about you so much. He definitely have to do it in, in yeah. secret. And then Alfred's going to find out and be pissed. Yeah. Uh, Which might still happen, and that might be a thing that yeah. we have. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if this goes beyond when he becomes Batman at a certain point, or if it literally just ends with him like being bat like becoming Batman properly for the first time. Like... Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, there's, there's an idea you could end this with, you, you know, essentially the I shall become a bat. You could, moment, yeah, you right? could. Yeah. You could. And maybe it'll be written in such a way that you could fit it into your one and it wouldn't, like, contradict any of it. I mean, so far. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's definitely on track that it could do that. Yeah. It just depends what Zarsi's got planned for the rest of it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but it was good and I guess we're all into it and reading more of it. It was, it was good enough. I really liked it. Yeah, I like really. Yeah, I really. Uh, uh, and I I praised them as well for only showing like the the quick visual of the gunshot and no more, no yeah. no perils falling to the ground. Yeah, they do reference it. You know. Yeah, uh, and, and, like, and I know we all complained that oh, you know we've seen all this again, but if you're doing an early day story, there is an element of you have to have at least a little bit of that in there, right? Mm. Yeah, but I like how the how chip. And Jude Domenico kind of tiptoe around that. Yeah. Yeah. I also I like the idea that he's thinking of the suit armor. Like, yeah, like in theory, this, the neat suit armor would stop a bullet. At least the traditional, like a regular, you know, mm -hmm. nine millimeter bullet. Maybe, maybe not a sniper around or anything like that, but. Yeah. Yeah. But not designed for that, because obviously it's suit armor from pre gunfire, but I have to imagine a, a, you know, a proper suit armor would stop a regular bullet. 
Probably. I don't know, man. There's there's breastplates that people wore when right after guns were developed, and those those musket balls went through. You know, depends. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Was, I don't know if you saw it. I went around on Twitter a few weeks ago. Of yeah. the uh, the guy with the cannonball that went right through him. <laughs> yeah, where the thing of armor. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah. he died, obviously. He right. died. Yeah. <laughs> did he? Are we sure? Yeah, <laughs> Chess came in. It went right through, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. I don't think I want to see this. This sounds a bit grisly. Uh, you, you just see the suit of armor now. Like, it, just, it's like just the, the, the breastplate. Okay, right. Yeah, it's not the guy. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's no pictures of a guy inside it. That's no, right. man. The, the more you learn about, like, like early war stuff and the more gassy it was, the fact that, like, germ theory wasn't even thought about till 150 years ago. Like, if you caught an injury during a war and you survived right there that was it like yeah all right man what are you giving Batman i'm giving it a issue? seven <laughs> all right uh connor uh, i'm gonna give it an eight and also i'm annoyed at dc because stop publishing batman books that i want to read because like, <laughs> i, I, I want to complain for publishing no, too many bad books but they're good yeah uh I think I have to also go with the eight. Like, I, it's funny because like part of me is like another early days bat story. I don't really need it, but then he he kept making good scenes and good points and good things to explore. That it is good, right? So, Especially on, on its own merits, it's good. Yeah. So, damn it, Zarsky. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, Tom King writing with Bill Crisivly on the art, and it is the penultimate issue of this series and the gist of this one is that uh, the girl is left on a beach with the villain creme tied up a tree comets there to make sure she doesn't try to kill him while supergirl goes off to take on the f- ship full of bad guys who are trying to rescue him basically that his entire group of baddies all, all have this yeah. quota on her where they'll try to rescue each other if, one. if one of them gets captured yeah the brigands so we have all this gorgeous art of Supergirl taking on like a, a space ship, but it's actually it just looks like an old pirate it, ship. <laughs> yep, it's Supergirl versus space pirates, and I'm I'm so here for it. Yeah, uh, and it's the the girls narrating, you know, and then the hindsight that she has been doing, and talking about how Comet's there to to make sure she doesn't like try and kill Krem, mm-hmm. um, because you know Supergirl isn't all about the murder, right? Like right. that's that's not what she is. Well, um, also they need him to give the antidote for crypto. Yes, he won't yes. give it up. He's, he's not. Yeah. He's not revealed that yet. Uh, and you know it's a bad idea, like you know, because she she talks Comet into letting her like take off the gag, so because yep. maybe maybe he's trying to confess something right now. Maybe this is important what he's saying. Right. Like, yeah. Oh no, this is bad because he's going to start talking, and once he starts talking, yep. you know, going to be railed up. Seen and it. I, I thought you know, it was a really good ex- version of it though, because obviously it has to be distinct. Because we've seen you mm-hmm. know like. I think the first example I think of is in the Dark Knight when the Joker starts riling up the cop when he's like, yeah. you know, you know, you know a person until they're you know yeah. until they're just about dead or whatever. Do you want to watch your friends were cowards? Yeah. yeah. So like you have all that like going, um. But this what he actually does though is he talks about killing her father, obviously, and he was essentially paid to find the weaklings and the the traitors and all all these things. And he would usually do it by telling a joke about the well, the, king, the king, the king, yeah, the emperor, whatever it is. And if they 
were traitors, they, they would, you know, laugh and like go along with the joke. But mm-hmm. her dad didn't, right? Like he he never he actually got very offended and said, "Get off the land," and spoke yep. down to him. And he basically says that he had this thought that he didn't like the idea of this this lowly rock farmer thinking he was better than him, you know, forgetting his place. Yeah, uh, but, but basically thinking he was better than him because he felt righteous in this moment. <laughs> And by the time he finished having that thought, his blade was already in his chest. So he had this basically just moment of petty, you know, insecurity and killed him for making him feel that is is Mm -hmm. ultimately what it boils down to. Well, it's every bully. The reason they bully is because they feel insignificant. Mm -hmm. So by bullying someone that you think can't stick up for themselves, it makes you feel like you have more power. Um, and, And that's basically what Krim is, right? And this is how... Kara's been trying to deal with him um, in the right way. You're not going to give in. You can't really bully the bully, despite what Rocky tells you. You know, you got you to gotta be better. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, he's not going to feel remorse. You know, he is what he is, and he doesn't feel a damn thing bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, all this stuff with Supergirl fighting in the ship, is it's all great, it all looks wonderful, but she actually does kind of start to lose because they actually have a little bit of kryptonite, they have a lot of big weapons, there's a great moment where she's, like, going into the atmosphere of a planet, and, like, the narration talks about how when Supergirl described this later, it was like, oh, it was actually kind of nice at first because it was it reminded her of this warm embrace and this memory she has of her parents and her dad kind of messing up the something in the kitchen <laughs> and, like, don't tell mm-hmm. your mother, and it, it was this nice little moment. Uh, but basically... The, the main bad guy on the boat is like aiming this kryptonite gun at her and she starts talking but then you realise through the scene that she's not talking to him she's talking to Comet yeah. and she's saying no don't whatever you do Comet do not come up and help me like you stay there she needs you more mm-hmm. than I do uh, and the girl convinces Comet she promises not to like do anything she gives him her word that she won't try and kill uh-huh. Krem so Comet flies off to help Supergirl and immediately she turns and draws her sword and says, yeah. you know, it weighs on your conscience to lie to a horse, but I get over it yeah. pretty quick. Because <laughs> she talked about a, a pony that she had on back home mm. and that she treated it so well compared to her brothers and their horses um, that her dad or her mom said that you were spoiling it. And then so she had to work on unspoiling it. And the moral of that story was lying to the horse. You know, and that yeah. she's she had to learn to do that from an early age. So, the, so the cli- um, so the cliffhanger is her saying this as she's drawing her sword and walking towards yeah. Krem. So, this idea that she might go too far and yeah. might kill Krem is kind of her cliffhanger here, going to the final issue, uh, mm-hmm. which is a good cliffhanger because obviously it's the idea of Supergirl battling for this this girl's like you know innocence yeah. and soul or whatever you want yeah. to call it. Uh, and then if she has left a mark, then the girl will will uh, you know. Uh, not kill Krem. Yeah. Right? And not to mention Crypto's life is also a stake. Right. <laughs> by right. letting him live. So, yeah. A, a lot going on here. Um, the mm-hmm. art is pretty great. Uh, all, all the Supergirl in space fighting the, the yeah. ship and the pirates. All good. Yeah. So, it's balanced. So, Evely does this really cool thing here where the the island that the girl and Krem and Commodore are on is like this desert island paradise. Also blues, aqua greens. Yeah. Uh, and then that's intercut with like the coldness of space with a lot of yellows and, you know, as, as Kara's going up there, you know, and the, the initial barrage that hits her is all, you know, yellows, reds, oranges, and black. 
and it, man, it's just it's really balanced well. Um, and then even even the um, on the ship and stuff, it, it keeps that color going. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, no, I mean you've got just the the stark black of space, and like you say, mm-hmm. all all the blasts are these strong, vibrant yellows and reds, whereas the mm-hmm. island is all blues and muted greens, and mm-hmm. it just you know, it's this very tranquil, peaceful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is the, the irony. Of the issue is though, is that the the ultimate moral decision, the ultimate exciting decision that the cliffhanger is going to be about, is the one that's on the island. So the actual real yep. tension is on the island because even the narration right. from the girls says that well you know supergirl's fighting a bunch of baddies and you know like ultimately they think they can overpower her, but that never turns out to right. be true you're really just waiting for supergirl to win and kind of right. like it almost and pokes they, fun at the the, the the writing of a super character in that way yeah right right and that you know they told stories of this how she took out the brigands so we know how this ends because it, it's told later um and that, you know, each person tells it a little bit differently. And even this cartoonist that did a version that was just silly, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. She, say, she says uh, there was good and bad poetry written about it. Yeah. And gives an example of the bad poetry, which was a amusing yeah. little bit. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. I'm excited to see where this ends up, because this is a book that has completely won me over. So uh, I, I like to think it has a little bit to do with Comet, because um, I didn't realize Comet was going to be the third lead by the end of this book. So... Uh, but yeah, it's it's really really good. This is a nice penultimate chapter. Yeah, no, I got a lot of it as well. I, I don't know if I liked it quite as much as the last issue, but I will say mm-hmm. that this ultimate like choice that the girl has to make at the end, I do like as a as like a mm-hmm. cliffhanger of a penultimate issue. I think the idea being that our time with Supergirl hopefully is taught her that, that just straight up revenge isn't the right choice. Yeah, is is something you hope lands, and it feels like a, it feels like a nice moral core to the super characters that you want them to be able to impart on someone mm-hmm. uh, and the same way that action is doing it with hope and the idea of like believing they can save yeah. themselves this is about you know taking the wrong path right. in a different way so good stuff uh what are you rating it uh 8.5 8.5 yeah i'm going to cart i can cart with the 8.5 i think so very good stuff um there you go. That's, uh, that's the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourites of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books. So without further ado, Matt, what is your favourite panel slash moment of the week? Uh, so it's going to be from Nightwing. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no, I just have to pick which one. Um, and I'll go for self-parody. Uh, I'll, I'll go for, for Starfire staring down Blockbuster. Oh, sure. That's, it was a really good moment but really pick pick one from nightwing and it'll be my moment of the week too yeah uh connor yeah i know uh well also from nightwing which i suspect all of us might be mm-hmm. um I, I know pete said he preferred something else over this so i'll just take the titans together just you know sure. Really sure. represent that moment <laughs> it's a good, it's, it's a good I one i know which one pete's choosing yeah, yeah, I'm going Nightwing. I'm going with the two-page uh, layout that reveals Starfire and Donna, Troy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that... It's, it's, it's just, a... just the top half of that as well, right? The, 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 Pretty the much. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that series of four vertical panels yeah. going across the two pages that, that reveals both of them. It, it's just... It's like... It's just a, it's like a fist pump moment. It's feel mm-hmm. good. And it's, it's hard to fault. 
Uh, so yeah, that's that's my pick. Um, cover of the week, Connor. Oh, there's some good ones. Yes, there um, are. To, to shout out just a couple of the obvious ones, uh, the Bumeo variant te- detective again, um, the Nightwing variant. I'm gonna give it to the Wonder Woman variant though, which is not a Jenny Frizen one this time or yeah. a Middleton one. It is uh, what's the name here? Um, I'm not finding the name of the eyes. Uh, Will Murray. Uh, it's that kind of storybook fairy tale kind of esque one and. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, um... Obviously, yeah, the cover's great. You can't really fault it. Uh, the Supergirl variant's quite nice as well. Um, Nicholas Scott, right? So Yeah, yeah, it's hard to fault. Nightwing's obviously got a very good cover. Uh, I think I might actually go with... Hmm. No, nah, because I actually really like the, the regular detective as well. Uh, yeah. With Huntress. Um, I'm basically just saying between that and the variant, if I'm honest. Uh, I t- also, I should mean that the fauna is variant as well for tech. It, it, tech has three fantastic covers. Yeah, they're, they're all good covers. Uh, I've really been digging this. Like the, the regular cover artist on these like ten issues. Like I'm, I'm, I'm digging this consistency. We've got the same cover artist doing all ten of them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, th- I think I'm going to give it to that again. I'm going to go with the regular detective yeah. cover. All right, where are you going? For, I hope they do not talk to them, though. Did, not, did we talk 10. about the Nightwing Sorry, 12, Campbell? Uh, the, the, the Campbell. Um, I, I mentioned it, but... Okay. I, I like that one, but it's going to be the Nicole Scott Supergirl. I mean, the, yeah, the Campbell cover is nice. It's, it's the one with Nightwing yeah. and Babs. Yeah. 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 Uh, hard, hard, to, hard to be mad at that. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so Art of the Week. Uh, I guess I'll go first with this one. Um... Well, is there anything that's going to take it from Redondo? <laughs> um, I mean, Evil is good. Uh, Takara is, the, you know, is the standout of Wonder Woman this week. But no, nah, it's Redondo. I, I, nothing's taken it. Uh, Connor? That's fair. I'm actually going to break away, surprisingly. Oh, no. oh cool. here we go. Uh, I'm, I'm giving it to Catwoman. And yeah, I know oh, okay. we had a lot of yeah, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. story and writing critics, but the art was just gorgeous. Yeah, I, I, I can't fault that it's up there. Uh, okay. Matt? Uh, Shouts to Takara for Wonder Woman, because mm-hmm. I really like the art there, but it's Redondo. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, top five books, Matt, go. One, Nightwing. Uh, two, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Three, now I have to remember my <laughs> order. Um... Uh, is it Nightwing, Supergirl, let's go Superman, uh, Tech, and Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, Car? Yeah, Nightwing, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Gaping Chasm. <laughs> Batman the Night, which I still like a lot, which is, that's how big that chasm is. Uh, Detective, Wonder Woman, Toss up between Cat, Catwoman and Superman, and I'll probably give it to Catwoman just because I really like the art. Just just nudge it into the five spot. Sure. Uh, so for me, number one is Nightwing. That's shocking, I know. Uh, number two, Supergirl, Luna Tomorrow. Number three, Detective. Number four. 
uh, number four, Batman the Night. Number five, Superman, Son of Kal-El. I think that's where I'm going with. So, uh, there you go. Uh, nice, pleasant week of comics. A lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's have a look and see what's coming out next week from DC Comics. We have Detec- Detective Comics 1050, which, uh, just to remind everyone, that is a bigger sized issue. So yeah. it's still part of this 12 you know, part story, but it's a bigger issue. Uh, we have The Flash 778. Action Comics 1039, Justice League 71, Batman Catwoman Special Issue 1, which is a very big issue, but there's some pretty notable artists in there, so they're going to be hard to pass up anyway. That's Uh, the one that was uh, like half done by John Paul Leon before he died. It was, yeah. Uh, and it may also be very important to the overall story, so <laughs> but it is a big book. Uh, we got Robin issue ten, DC versus Vampires issue four, Wonder Girl issue seven, The Human Target issue four, Harley Quinn issue eleven, Teen Titans Academy issue eleven, Task Force Z issue four, Deathstroke Inc issue five, Superman seventy eight issue six, Superman and Robin special issue one. I forgot what it's that a, is. Uh, it's Tomasi Super Sons continuation. Ah, yep. I see, I see. I think it's just the one shot. That's fair, that's fair. Here's an issue of Super Sons again. Uh, Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target issue four and Peacemaker Disturbing the Peace issue one. Yep. That was by someone. If, uh, oh, Garth Ennis. Yeah, which yep. you will either be very interested in that because of that or you will not. To me, it's the not, but I can definitely see there's definitely some people who will like see that name and be like, oh, I want to read it. It's Garth Ennis and Gary Brown, who's from that Catwoman run. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, oh, I've got seven books, although two of them are quite big, <laughs> and uh, I do have Patreon books to do still, so... Uh, but I made a conscious choice this week because I knew it was Solicit's Week, so... And you knew we were recording at a later time. I also knew that, yes. <laughs> So, uh, hey, it is what it is. But hey, I mean, honestly, next week looks just as exciting, to be honest. Like, you know, if Nightwing's the obvious frontrunner for our favourite book overall, action's pretty close mm-hmm. behind it. So, And I think Federici starts next issue, yeah. like next week. So is, no. is anyone reading Wonder Girl issue seven, given that we all read six and it's the final I issue? I mean, I, it's still on my poll, but I don't know if I'll prioritize it like I do with the other ones. I mean, if Especially I, that, if I feel like Catwoman's after I read everything else... Sure. Yeah. But... To be fair, though, Matt has to read Justice League before he gets to Wonder Girl, anyway. <laughs> I know. I'm too. I'm too behind by now. So. Oh, then you got three issues to read. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, but okay. yeah, that's what's coming up next time on Comics from the Multiverse. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, and David Brown. Thank you to you all. You can, of course, support us over in patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and help keep all the content coming. The $5 tier in particular, you get the show uh, the night before, uh, a little bit early. So, you know, if that's of interest, go and have a look. Uh, and uh, you can support us otherwise for free simply by hitting the like button, subscribe, ding the bell on YouTube for notifications, rate us five stars with a review on iTunes or wherever you get a podcast from. All those things do help. And of course, get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, you can question things there or you can share us on Twitter and so on. Share us with your comic-loving friends. Why not? Um, you can do that anywhere, though. It doesn't have to be just Twitter. That's true. You can share us anywhere you like, pretty much. Um, you know, if you're on a dating app, put it in your bio. Fan of this podcast. 
Let us know how that works. I, you know what? I, I think we're not too far away from like you know, like how people put like favorite movie and favorite TV show. Ah, favorite like, podcast. Favorite podcast. I mean, yeah. I don't think we're too far away from that culturally. Yeah. Tell for your favorite. Don't put it there. You chop that on them later. Yeah. You, you don't open with it. So all, yeah. all, you know, all those people, Tinder, Bumble, and Grinder, all you know, finding us through people's apps and profiles. Yeah. <sighs> So I was thinking of John Cena and Trainwreck going. If anyone needs me, I'd be outside on Grinder. Uh, <laughs> like kills me. That's such a throwaway, and he sells it so well. Oh dear. Uh, so yeah, um, that's us. That's episode two eight nine. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's been a meaty show. Hopefully you had fun with it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. So thank you very much for joining us. Keep reading DC comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.